What is going on, my fellow Schwoke Lords? What is up? Welcome. You are listening to the Schwegcast, better known as the Internet's Worst Podcast. It's great to have you here. Thank you so much for watching. Yeah, you heard that right. Watching. Uh, if you want to watch the show uh, the visually with me and the actual guest, you can actually see, not just hear. Uh, check us out on the Schwedcast YouTube page. And while you're there, if you're not already there, smash that subscribe button and like this video. And uh, if you like the episode, it's super fun. Uh, today on the show, we have Camber. Uh, she has her solo stuff, which goes under Camber. And she's also in what I believe to be Nashville's best rock band, Ravener. Uh, they are super great. Um, if you've listened to any of their music, I always say, go Spotify. If anyone asks me any good rock bands in Nashville, I always say Ravener uh, first on my list. So check it out. It's a really cool conversation. We get into all the goofy stuff and we also talk a lot about our spirituality, which was my favorite part. And it was really just good in-depth talk about that. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Um, I love this conversation and I'm very happy that I was involved in in the conversation too. It's like an inside joke where, you know, you like inside jokes and you like to be a part of one someday. That's the, that's kind of the thing with this episode It's great that I was a part of this conversation as well, but I don't want to keep everyone waiting forever to this conversation. So as my boy Garth would say, if this is truly a conversation, then I say, let the conversation begin. <laughs> no, it's all good. Well, no, I have my friend. I want my friend, uh, TJ, I like, I, he in my phone is called Jamie. Oh wait, you might know him. TJ Marr. He plays in Ghost Town. Yeah, Remedy. I know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah, I want him to be my Jamie, uh, because he knows like all the recording stuff. I'm assuming he can video edit. I want him to, but I want to like be able to like compensate him like properly. Yeah. You know, like it's kind of that idea of I'm not going to hire you. I want to hire you, but I can't like properly pay you right yeah. now. Yeah. So I don't want to, you know be that guy who's like, well, it's a great experience and you're going to really, uh, really gain a lot from this show where we talk about just stupid things like TikTok and everything else. Yeah. And he's busy. Yeah. He, he seems busy. Um, I mean, quarantine, I mean, the whole virus sure. right now is like his lowered it. We talk all the time, so I can, sure. I can make fun of him. Um, so like he's he was, but he'll do a thing where like I'll text him something, and then he won't get back to me until like he is available, and then like I get like five to ten messages straight away from him. Yep. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I haven't talked to him in a long time. Uh, I mean, we keep up a little bit on social media, but I haven't like talked to him, talked to him in a long time. Mm-hmm. He's a great guy. He got tickets. Yeah. My last actual concert I went to was Motion City Soundtrack and he had just an extra ticket. Oh. He, he took me. I bought him drinks the whole show so don't like be like he's simping for you Shweezy but uh <laughs> I am not judging. You're creating narratives here. Mm-hmm. Well no I was like super well he, he posted I'm like immediately I'm like I want to see this because I didn't I didn't know till the day of the show that Motion City Soundtrack got back together because I knew they took a break. Um, I mean, which I mean, like it's fine because they've been around a while. They've done their good stuff, so yeah, it's so it's so cool. But uh, I was really happy I got to see that show, and then the world that was ended. another. That was another time. Yeah, I was just saying, like any of that was another time in another place. And it was still 2020. That's the weird part about that show. Well, the first it, couple months of 20, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, 
the first couple months were jam-packed and I remember having conversations with people about this is going to be such a great year. See, I've been telling people I had a pretty bad 2019. It was really rough. So I'm in like, you know, 2020 is not going to be good either. 2021, that's going to be my year, like December 2019. And I was right. So 2021, that's going to be my year. I, yeah, it's coming. No matter what happens, I mean, this is going to pass. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, just all things are temporary. Like This is eventually, it's going to pass. Mm-hmm. And it well, will be I, a new year. I've heard, and this is from one doctor who does a podcast. <laughs> so, um, but he's a pretty good doctor. Uh, he says that we're most likely going to have a vaccine, like because it looks like the ones we do have are going back positive by the okay. end of October. But not everyone's mm-hmm. going to get it by then. Like they're going to start off with the people who should get it, like students, teachers, uh, other workers, stuff like that. Will it be mandatory? That's... That's the part that scares me. I mean, I am pro... Are you pro-vax or anti-vax or... I'm definitely pro, but I just... I think I've just seen too many movies, Mm -hmm. and I just get scared. I'm like, you know, what if the vaccine is worse than the... Than the virus? Like like we have an I Am Legend situation. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, because this whole this whole year has felt like a movie. Like I've had many of those like outer body experiences where I'm like, I can't believe I'm having this conversation with my mom right now about this, or a friend about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the things that we're facing and talking about. So I get very wary of the vaccine. But I, no, I'm not like anti. I'm not like that. Yeah, but I'm still concerned. Yeah, there is a thing I think where I like the idea of being able to have a choice to get vaccinated or not. But at the same time, I think there's enough evidence scientifically that you should get vaccinated if you can. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just get paranoid. (laughs) Well, no, I get like, see those people with like the conspiracy theories Yeah, and they're like, Oh, they're going to use a vaccine to chip us. I'm like, I don't see any circumstance, like any way at all that anyone, like even normal people, like more normal than myself would agree to be like chipped by the government. Like that's. We're already chipped, man. They already know exactly where they are, where we are. They're watching at us at all times. If you have an iPhone, you know what I mean? Well, yes. I'm like, they can figure you out anything, but iPhones actually a lot more like secure on security than like other Tech really? companies, yeah. That's why when you use Apple Maps, th- this is stuff I heard on the Joe Rogan podcast. So okay. this may this may not be true, but it was um, this on the Snowden thing. Maybe, but what I've heard is that uh, you know how Apple Maps is just terrible. Like y- you just end up in like a lake. That's because they I don't never take. Use- <laughs> that's because they don't take people's like personal information. Apple's really good with security. Uh, do you remember? I think it was San Bernardino. There was a shooting. A guy shot up a place, yeah. and yeah. then like Apple, the G- FBI wanted Apple to like unlock a phone and like give them yeah. like a backdoor to everyone's phone. Yeah, yeah. and Apple was like, no. So, really? Yeah. So Apple's really good with stuff like that. I I think in the situation, what I think about that situation specifically, it's like Apple should have been like, cool, yeah, we'll unlock that specific phone for you, but we're not going to give you a backdoor access to every person's phone. 
But I feel like the social media account companies are different, though. I oh, feel yeah. like they're the opposite. Social media, yeah, that's like way opposite. Like they save cookies, um, stuff like that. So every time, but you know what I'm saying? Like people who are worried about chip, I'm like, if you are online, if you have any of this, they know exactly who you are, what you buy, what you do, everything. Mm-hmm. I never, I never get people like. So if I go somewhere and like, obviously, you gotta take a picture because we're both artists, so we have to like post to our social media, yeah, all mm-hmm. the time. And so yeah. like, you kind of want to say if you do something cool, you get a picture. Like you want to sure. post that online. I just, you know, I don't post it immediately. I'll maybe wait the next day. Yeah. And then post it. I mean, yeah. Tag the location. Some people yeah. just like post it immediately. I'm like, that's how you get murdered. <gasps> I never thought about that. I was, th- I, cause I think things through. I mean, one time, this is weird. When I was in high school, so okay. I was like the all, it was our, our district alternate jazz guitar player. Mm-hmm. And so I was one like, what happens if I just like, wonder if I can figure out how to like break the head guitar player's hand. I never did it. But anyways, I like thought it through a little bit, just see how far I could get. So I like went to his school's website. They had a schedule like of all their like periods and when their lunchtime was. So if yeah. I found their cafeteria, I could at that time go to the cafeteria, break his hand. And then like I was the best guitar player in our district in Missouri. What a mess. <laughs> True. Yeah. It's, it's, and that's why you see people like they put their kids school on their car. It's like. That's not good. And then you're like, how many kids do I have? And that's not good. Uh, yeah, you're like, not supposed what? to do that. This or kid likes little, soccer. The stickers. I think you, I think you were mentioned. I think you just mentioned it. The stickers where it says, it's like mom, dad, and a boy and a girl on a dot. Like, And the like stickers. the boy likes soccer. So, you know, he plays soccer. I, and I hate, I hate that's the world we live in. But it is. I hate that I could figure that out on my own. Now I'm like, I bet I could figure out where your kids, uh, a way to murder your kids if I wanted to. This, this is, this is dark. This is where I we know, are right now. But also I'm lazy, so I'm not going to do it. Oh, okay. That's the only reason why. I don't get people who just murder <laughs> for fun. Like, it sounds like a lot of work. Like, you have to really want to murder people to, to do it. This conversation better get lighter fast. Don't worry. I'll make sure of that. Okay, I can, okay. I can. I can make sure of that. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's some things that just, you know, like you see people, you've seen like the incidents, you've probably seen videos of it when people yeah. get like cut off in traffic and the person who yeah. got cut off will follow that person to their home. That's that's beyond road rage. That's That to me is like, how much time do you have on your hands? But that's when, actually, it's funny, we keep mentioning Joe Rogan, but he just, they always end up covering all these like different topics. Um he talked about something the other day, and it's it's common sense, but I never quite thought about it. It was like, okay, why do people have road rage? And it's like because when you're driving, excuse me, when you're driving, you're 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 on a higher alert than if you were in your home, relaxing, watching TV, or you're at even at work, even if you're stressed at work. When you're on the road, you are on that higher alert. So like if somebody cuts you off we go from zero to 60 because you're already, even if you don't <laughs> feel like it, you're already running on all of those cylinders because you could die when you drive. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. And then sometimes you just get mad when people do you run. I think that's a natural thing in life. That's, 
That's the other thing, too. I mean, it's kind of, yeah, that's just a natural human reaction. But, yeah, to follow somebody, that's that's scary. I'm one of those people, my mom tells me, it's like, if you're driving home or something and you just have a funny feeling, take a different route. Just take mm-hmm. a different route. Take a different turn. Do a different thing and see what the deal is. One time mm-hmm. I cut off a guy. I guess he was driving a motorcycle, and then I pulled into, like, a Kroger, and then he followed me into the Kroger and started trying to, like, harass me about it. Really? Yeah, and oh when my. what I do is I don't like talking to people. Like, I don't like small talk. So, like, doing this is fine. Like, even if, like, we've met before, but, like, if we never talked to each other before yeah. and you yeah. just wanted to start small talk, I'm like, oh, my God, what are we doing right now? Yeah. Um, but, like, no, especially in public, like, like – if someone comes up to me while I'm trying to pump gas or like in Kroger or something like that, I just ignore them completely. And if someone knocks on my door at home, I ign- do not answer it if, unless yeah. I don't know them. That's a safety thing, too. Yeah, that's how people get murdered. Yeah, because I even noticed that the other day. And I, I, I could not tell. I'm like, is this guy harassing this lady or do they know each other? It was one of those situations mm-hmm. I legitimately couldn't tell. And there were other people around. I knew it wasn't unsafe, but I was like, if that guy was talking to me right now about God knows what, I would literally ignore him. Yeah. Just ignore because there's just, I don't know, there's just a reality, especially like being a single person. Like you just, you have to draw boundaries. Mm, oh, you yeah. You really do. You got to be careful. I don't know. Weird stuff. Weird stuff happens. Yeah, I, I don't know. But yeah, I think some Jehovah's Witnesses have come to my door. I've thought about sure. entertaining it and just being like, I'm an apostate. So uh, um, yeah, fear me. <laughs> but, You're uh, an apostate. You're an apostate. Did you grow up in a certain way? I'm not an actual apostate. I know that if you, I think apostate might be a Jehovah's Witness specific term. Oh, it's, I think it is. You can find it in the Bible, but it's not. Like a normal mainline Christian probably wouldn't use that word seriously. Yeah, my parents like maybe go to, some like extremist sex would. Like mm-hmm. they might be like an apostate, like Jehovah's Witness. Yeah, yeah. That's why my parents are more like on the uh, evangelical, like independent Christian side. Like mainline, yeah. Yeah, like the normal kind where they're actual good people. Yes, uh, and I don't think like they're like at least the one like I grew up in and the one they're a part of like associates says the word apostate it's like yeah if you decide not to come to church i mean like we're sad but we're not gonna like no one would ever use that word that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. so but i know if like you don't want to be harassed by jehovah's witnesses say you're an apostate and like they will leave you alone because they think you're like the devil yeah good hey that's good to know it's weird i took a deep dive into like jehovah's ex jehovah's witness and like atheism i'm not even i don't even believe that stuff but like i just like dude i'm just entertained because i guess i'm a i'm a product of purity culture so it's like i i agree with them on a lot of this stuff so am i so like i mean we're uh like like purity ex do you consider yourself like an ex-evangelical i i'm in an interesting spot sam I'm in an interesting spot because I grew up Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to a, really a Pentecostal college, Simways of God. And then in my early 20, you know, several years, I kind of walked away, not from anything officially, like 
there was never anything in me that was like, I'm not a Christian anymore. But I kind of just went down this other path for a few years. And, but to me, I look back and I think that was a reset button for me. Mm -hmm. So now, like, the only reason I have faith now, it's because it, it it feels like it's my choice. And it feels like it's something that serves me. Mm-hmm. Meaning, this is something that's benefiting my life. Kind of like somebody would choose to meditate or you have certain spiritual practices like what I believe now I feel like is is true and it's, and it's real yeah. for me. So I wouldn't say an X whatever, but I, I, I just don't always like labels. But I can relate to that label because how I used to think like everything was so stuck in here growing up because it's when you're when you're grown up in a certain denomination, you can't like you're filled with all this knowledge. Well, later on, you have to make a decision like, do you believe any of that thing from your heart or do you not? Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of take the meat, spit out the bones. Okay. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because I guess um, my spiritual journey is involves more yes. like I've had to see like the negative effects secondhand from other people, and so it's kind of like I'm at a point where like I think I still believe a lot of the same things I sure. believed when I was technically evangelical, but sure. um, like I don't like organized religion anymore. Yeah, I understand that, that that whole idea. And if I had to like put it down on paper, I would just put down spiritual over anything. I understand. I understand that. I think a lot of people are going through that and they're, and they're, I think people, no matter where you're coming from, they're hungry for answers. They're hungry mm-hmm. for truth. They're hungry for justice and balance. Um, for me, it's been an interesting journey because I'm actually a worship leader now. Oh, nice. And I'll be honest with you. A few years ago, I remember sitting at my home and something happened. I don't even remember the whole situation, but I remember saying out loud that I will never set foot in a church again. And I meant it. I was crying. I was upset. And like, this is where my faith comes in. This is my belief. I believe in the most interesting, gracious way God kind of led me back. And it was through music. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is it perfect? No. Is the church system perfect? far from it but that's not really what my faith is in like my faith is in like something not tangible yeah and like the community that's around me like the spiritual community that's around me they're all musicians Mm -hmm. and it's funny because they're not even all of them not all of them are even christians oh which is really bizarre i know you're probably looking at me like what the heck are you talking it's freaking weird and i know some of my christian friends would be like what are you talking about? That's fine. It's a really hodgepodge, interesting situation with my spirituality right now, mm-hmm. and I'm just embracing it. Well, so I'm, I'm trying the, to be authentic with it. I'm in the mindset like everyone's like like religious or like faith beliefs is going to be a little different, and like you can't try it to force anyone be. to be the same as everyone. Thanks for that, Sam. I think it it should be. You know, we even in evangelical circles, what do they say? personal relationship with God. Well, if we Mm. really believe that, we need to let people walk that journey. If that journey is someone who is an agnostic, if they're an atheist, if they're like 
super, super fundamentalist. I mean, I mean, yeah, like there's consequences of actions. Like if you're super, super fundamentalist and you're hurting people and there's abuses, okay, that needs to be taken seriously. But you're right. Like it is a personal journey and you cannot judge somebody's journey. Mm-hmm. And like being in music has taught me that. When I've gone on tour, it's like you're walking into a different situation every night. I did uh, a lot of house shows in 2019. And I remember one night I was at this like college party type of house show. And I was talking to a witch and everyone's high and it's just a big, mm-hmm. you know, debaucherous fest. And then. And then the next night I went to another house show and it was very like this really lovely home and very clean and pristine and very like small town evangelical conservative. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. But all of that's to, for me, all of that's valid. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I really try. I try so hard, Sam. I try so hard just to like to see people as people. Mm-hmm. Like it's so much more complicated than this is an evangelical and this person's this and this person's that and who believe do believe boxes. No, just people are people mm-hmm. and people need people. I think that's an old Broadway song, but do you know what I mean? Yeah. I always that's try to, where I'm at. I identify people like by like what they're passionate about. So I remember this one friend, his name's like Marty and, and like, I kind of remembered him, but like he was coming to Nashville with another friend. I was like, Marty, he's the guy who does magic, right? And then they're like, yeah, okay. So I know who that guy is. That's right. how I try to associate people. I like that, Sam. But because I think there's, I don't know, I'm a, I have a weird brain because I remember people by what they like, not like with it. So I like friends, like I have no clue what they do as a job. Like I have no clue, but I know they're interested in, in this. I have a friend who did communications for Micah. Uh, he's he's my friend my morbidly obese friend, but I love him. But uh, he he did, like, communications. I have no clue what communications is. But I know he <laughs> likes writing a book. He's been writing a book, and he likes blogging and all this, like, like activism stuff. And so I know he likes that. So that's how I try keep his identity in my mind like that. That's really cool. I, think, I like that. I think in an all-purpose way I might have autism because um, – there's I watched Love on the Spectrum, which is a very heartwarming show. But oh, like that show. they the the best thing is they say everything on a date you want to say, but don't say. Very first episode, couple on a date, guy guy just says, I'm really into Asian women. And then the woman's like, Oh, I'm not Asian. And it was my favorite thing in the world <gasps> because <gasps> I just love things like that. Just people just I'm saying not whatever. Asian. Oh, I'm not Asian. So it was so great. It's like they didn't get a second date, FYI. (laughs) But actually, the girl in that situation, I really hope a lot of good things for her. But but there's one thing is like I got a lot of C's in school, but I also remember my parents signed up for a timeshare in Branson, Missouri. I don't know why. And I remember we watched Mulan two like in this kid's room while they were signing all the paperwork. And so it's like, how do I like, am I not smart in that way? But like, I can remember these just random things about my life. Random bizarre thing. Well, and that's what's, yeah. It's like, why is my brain choosing to file that away? (laughs) 
But no, you should check out Love on the Spectrum on Netflix. I will. It's great. Now, to keep in mind, these are like the autism people, like you just want to like love so much. Yeah. Not like the crazy ones that are going to hurt you. Like I have a friend who works in a, uh, it's not like a home, but it's kind of a thing where they like pay for like a room and like a house and then they like work with them. So they're like the pretty like like safe ones that aren't going to hurt you. And so like their parents, I love their parents because they're just like, ah, he's pretty funny. Like they're so like chilled out. They're like, they know him. They're functioning adults. But I think that's what it comes down to, right? Mm -hmm. Like when you know somebody and it takes time to get to know somebody. Mm -hmm. Because like I'm saying, I've been very blessed. I'm in a lot of different communities right now. I have, I work with people or I'm friends with people who just from all walks of life right now. Um, I didn't grow up that way. I grew up in kind of a very like monoculture And everybody was kind of the same, for lack of a better term. And, like, what you start to realize, though, like, I love, you started to touch on all of you said, well, I know people by what they're passionate about. Yeah. And I, like, you're, I love how you're putting that, like, in a tangible, easy to understand way. For me, it's like, I just know that person. I don't care what they do in their spare time, what their religious beliefs are. I know who they are, like, their heart. Mm -hmm. Like, that's how you know them. And I wish we had, I don't want to get like too heavy, but at the same time, it's like, this is what we're missing right now. Like, this is what we're missing right now in our culture. We're so quick. We do it on social media all the time. We're so quick to call somebody a Karen, call somebody a a Chad, call somebody, you're a xenophobic, homophobic. Phobic, racist, da, 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 da. We have all our labels and we just reduce people to like forms. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Instead of like, okay, this is a whole per. Speaking of Netflix, I can't believe I'm bringing this up. Someone's going to be mad at me. But did you ever watch the Rachel Dolezal documentary? No, but go on and explain it because I want to know. She's the lady. I'm sure you saw this. She's the lady a few years ago, and she's she's a white lady, but she was kind of pretending to be black, and it was oh, like, what the heck? I know who that is, but I haven't watched the documentary. What's that about? Well, they made—it's called The Rachel Divide. I thought it was really well done. And no, do I agree with that? Like, do I agree, like, okay, you can't just, like, say you're another race. Like, that's not a thing. But when you— when you look at her, when you take like that, like more microscopic view of her life, and then at the same time, zoom out and learn about her background, her horrific childhood, all the abuse and all the stuff she went through. It's like, no wonder this lady is crazy. She's got issues. Maybe we can be a little kinder. Maybe we can be a little gentler. I'm not saying what she's claiming is true. But can we see the heart and soul of a person and have compassion rather than... Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Um, Speaking on that, do you know the show Atlanta? It was created by Donald Glover. I saw a few episodes. Yes, I know. I'm familiar with the show. 
Okay, so they do an episode with a um, a guy. Uh, it's a black man who's, uh, and this was like kind of parodying that. It was like this guy's like, I'm actually trans white, and so let me show you the photo of him. Got you. Show me. Show. It's oh, hold on. <laughs> oh, it's like. Oh heavens! <laughs> and this was like a they like made a joke on like a BET type show, and then the main character Paperboy, that's not Donald. He was just sitting there, and a lot of the times people just do weird, and it's a lot of times making fun of white people, which I think is hilarious. When oh, you kind of laugh at stuff. It's okay. Like that's why I love comedy. Like I watch. Like I love Dave Chappelle. I like when he makes fun of stuff. It's hilarious. I don't take why would I take offense by any of it, especially mm-hmm. if it's true. Especially especially whiteface. That's like my favorite <laughs> thing in the world. Like I'm obviously aware that blackface is wrong, but yes. whiteface in all its thing, it's just hilarious to me. Well, they made a whole movie about it. White chicks. Oh yeah, they did. That movie's hilarious. It's funny how like it's funny how white people aren't offended by that. Those white people, not us. <laughs> not us. But I know it's really funny. And then Paperboy. Because the idea is like, um, it's kind of like Paperboy is just a black guy who's just like seeing all this, what I would quote as white people things. And he's just yeah. like jaw dropped. Just like, what is going on right now? Like uh, the show is a lot like that. And it's so funny. So it was like this documentary shows and it's just like, just random things. Like this guy doesn't live in my neighborhood. (laughs) It's stuff like that. It's like, it's so, cause it's, it's really funny. Cause it's like, it's very smart and funny at the same time where it's making a point. Like they made, uh, they did an episode with like a charity basketball game. I've only watched season one FYI. So I shouldn't be talking like I know this show in and out, but more than I have. But they have like a basketball game against Justin Bieber, but they had a black actor play Justin Bieber. And you know, Justin Bieber, like he was like a terrible person. And then he wrote, then he came back. He's like, I'm going to be a better person now. And then he actually legit released a song called Sorry, about how yeah. he was sorry about who he used to be. Yeah. And, it, and this idea of like, that's pretty funny. Like he was just kind of like an, a horrible person. Now he's like yeah. very good. And then there's a song called Sorry. But then it's the idea of if a black person did the same thing, what it, would it equal the same? Yeah, I mean, those are the questions. Yeah. I don't know. So I don't a, know. It's funny, and then it's also smart at the same time. That's why I think it's a really good show. Is it still on? Yes, so, but it's kind of one of those shows that really kind of lets Donald kind of do whatever he wants. It's kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm, where... If whenever Larry wants to make a season, they make a season. But if he doesn't, oh. they just don't. So oh, it's kind of which I like a lot because then like the show doesn't just become like uh, they're just pushing out another season. They're pushing out another season, but also it's kind of like yeah, I want I want another I want another episode. Yeah, where are all these Dexter episodes? So yeah, it's weird. It's but I like giving more power to the creators. Yeah. You know when, like, bands, they release, like, some of them are, like, on a good schedule. Like, every two years, we release an album. Then some bands are like, we're going to release an album uh, when we want to. Well, and nowadays, I mean, the conversation was already happening for many, several years. But, like, now it feels like we're all living on the cloud in the music industry. So Mm -hmm. you got to put stuff out often. 
because people are gnats. I mean that, I'm not trying to be mean, but it's just true. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. They like, want- you have to, like, there's such a rush. And people are all up in arms about, was it Spotify's CEO? I don't remember his name. And he was talking about, like, okay, artists need to be constantly delivering regular content. And people were mad about it. I'm like, why are you mad about it? This is not new. This yeah, isn't I mean, new at all. Talk uh, to, like, people who he- do YouTube, like, full-time. Like, they do oh weekly God. videos, podcasts, we have to be consistent. I mean, that's that's not something I... I'm not too mad about that. I feel like there's things in the music industry that you should take be mad about and things you shouldn't. Just, like, kind of have to, like, fight your own... Like, pick your fights. I, where I'm at, because I don't have... I don't know. If I was Taylor Swift, it's like, okay, do what you want, I guess. You have mm-hmm. all that power. But it's like the rest of us, it's like, you better play the game. Okay, you don't like Spotify. You can't beat them, join them. Play the game. Do what you can to get playlisted. Do what you can. Work hard. Don't, you know, get robot followers. But mm-hmm. do what you need to do. Work with people, with professionals or companies that are doing legit Spotify growth or whatever to help you. Get your music in front of more listeners because mm-hmm. this is your audience now. That's what tour, tour. That's what our touring is right now. Yeah, is and our I, online presence. We cannot tour right now, so stop complaining and go work. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's where I'm at. Yeah, I and I'm also on this point. Just like in the recording side of things, it's so cheap to like make your own music now, and it actually sounds good. It actually like. I would say, like, 2008, I was using Audacity. It sounded like garbage. And now, like, I would—I mean, my setup is pretty expensive. But I could theoretically pay $200 just buy the equipment myself. And that could make a really good-sounding song. In a, in a lot of ways, yeah. And that's where the conversation gets hairy. Um, at the same time, it's like, with Ravener this year, I invested in working with a producer. And that was the best. And that— that cost a lot more than what it would have been if we would have made it ourselves. But like the product is so much better. So it just depends on what you're doing. Mm-hmm. I think there's a time for like the DIY stuff. Like I'm putting out um, like some acoustic singles right now. That was super DIY. Me and uh, actually the former drummer of Ravener, Rob, um, he and I went to the studio and like recorded these super organic with a real piano, like stripped down, just songs that I'm putting out. And like, that was more of like an artistic, super cheap to do. That was kind of like an artistic choice. But then at the same time, I also believe in going old school, get yourself a really good producer, put in that work, put in that money because you're going to be proud of that product and you can push that so much farther. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I always tell people uh, when it's a guard, if you're going to put money into recording, pay for the person, not for like their, like what, they have or like the room no, or it's, the it's thing. the it's the producer i we worked with colt caproon and it's funny because he's a youtuber as well i've yeah, i've seen him i've seen him around i've, I've heard of him he's, i think i talked to him once he's fantastic but, absolutely fantastic experience i've just seen he does a lot of uh bro country stuff doesn't he no not anymore um, oh, okay i mean well let me let me <laughs> correct yes he has done that but he, like, literally, 
hopefully you can't hear a train right now. I hear it, but it's okay. I don't care. Okay. <laughs> so literally like right now, everything he's working on is rock stuff. That's cool. Because there were some people that he got in a conversation with, like a positive one, positive conversation with on Facebook. And this guy was like, well, don't you just do country? And he's like, no. Like, look at his stuff. Look at, uh, like, his background. Yeah, there is country. But, like, he literally cut his teeth with rock and metal, like, in the like central Illinois area where mm. he's from. Like, he used to be, like, in a hard rock band. So that's why we worked with him. But he's an incredible guitar he player. It. Oh, he's insane. He's insane. Um, but not just that. Even working with him as a vocalist and as an artist, you know, I was a little intimidated at first. I didn't know Colt very well. And I'm like, who's this kind of like, who's this guy? It just feels kind of intimidating. He he was so kind and so genuine, so respectful. I didn't feel like somebody was looking down on me. I didn't feel like somebody was telling me to telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. I, I felt very uh, seen and appreciated. And I'm, so, I'm a very sensitive bird. I'm so sensitive to people's mm. energies and stuff. He's a legit dude. Yeah. So I'm well, seeing a his lot of times when you get paid by the hour, like you can be as chill as you want to be. It's like, you're paying me by the hour, right? All right, cool. Keep doing that take. <laughs> no, in, in his rate, he's super affordable too. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if something happens down the road and he wins like, you know, some of these producers, like, all of a sudden they get some serious credits. or And he already has some serious credits, but, like, you win a Grammy or something. Probably won't be able to afford them anymore. <laughs> well, well but, I think I saw something, like, I, I like <laughs> when people put award winning on their, like, bios. Cause it's like, but not the actual award. Because that, my idea is just, like, oh, it could be, it could, you could have won anything. But he's the type, he's the type, you know... He will answer, like, he will call your bluff. And we've talked about this ad nauseum. Like, we talk about, like, different, uh, like, music industry professionals in town. They're like, well, I can help your career, and I can help you take your career to the next level, and I do artist development. Ask them, what do you do? What, what is your background? What, like, what things have you actually turned around? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like, he's definitely the type, like, if there's ever something and you're like, okay, wait a minute, what's the deal with this dude? Ask him and he'll answer your freaking question. He's legit. I'm telling you that guy's legit. Not that I'm here to, like, sell Colt Caperone, but I was very pleased with my experience working with with Ravener's new record. I was very pleased. Very pleased. I remember one time on Facebook's Marketplace, he was selling uh, a, like, Avid 11 rack, which is, like, a guitar it's like a amp simulators, but it's a box, so it's not in your computer. So it's like good. And I really wanted one. I have one now, but I wanted. And I saw he was selling one, and I wanted to buy it. And it was already sold when I was getting ready to want to buy it. Oh Like man. that thing sold fast. But yeah, yeah, I bought it from. He's got a lot of eyes. I mean, his YouTube channel has really grown. Um, this might have been like 2017, maybe. That feels like ages ago, Sam. That it feels does. like ages ago so much life has happened at least in my life from then until now three years mm-hmm. so much well i know i've been living here for like four years and like i think about like just things that like 
ended in 2016. And I just think like, wow, that was that long ago. And then I have friends like who are just like, when did you move to Nashville? I'm like, 2016. I'm like, holy cow, that was a, <laughs> a minute ago. Man, it's just nuts. So yeah, if Cole ends up listening to this, like just know I wanted to buy your 11 rack, ended up having to go through Sweetwater. My friend Hannah worked there at the time, but now I learned they donate to the Trump campaign, so I can't. Sweetwater? Yeah, well, Indiana, I think they're big fans of Mike Pence. It like really, that upset me more than like learning like someone got noticed for like the Me Too movement. Like Sweetwater, like, donated the Trump campaign. It's kind of like, and so it's kind of, I'm, I'm hesitating the day a Sweetwater rep like reaches out to me like, Hey man, what's going on with you? And I'd be like, Hey man, I can't do business with you anymore. It's not you specifically. And I, I want to know you're a great person, but Sweetwater, huh. like the president and like your company donated to the Trump campaign. And as a person with like decent civil rights and like human rights in my mind, I can't support you anymore. Like, I don't support Chick-fil-A anymore. Really? Yeah, I. there was a time I was like, I don't like what you do, but I'm still going to eat, like, the food. Yeah. Now it's just like, after, like, just so much more has gone over, it's kind of like, look, I'm not going to eat Chick-fil-A anymore. Well, and you know what? It's like, everybody has every right. That's the beauty, If hopefully, and this will continue to be so. That's the beauty of our culture. It's like, if you have, like, those personal convictions about something— you don't have to eat it. Thank God with 15,000 other fast food restaurants. Mm-hmm. It's like I went home today because um, I'm a worship leader. I was coming home from the church today and I was like, new Starbucks just popped up. I just mean freaking our culture. You know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. it's, a, it's just, yeah, I get that. I still eat Chick-fil-A. Yeah, but, I can't. But I know I, I can't respect, control other people. I respect that opinion. I respect that opinion because you have every right to feel that way. You're not being forced to do it. Mm-hmm. That's I, it. Like I say, like you can still eat Chick Fil A. I'm not going to like shame you for it. But if you want my opinion, should I eat Chick Fil A or not? I would say don't eat at Chick Fil A anymore. But being I like, like you, their macaroni and cheese, Sam. I don't. like their macaroni and cheese. And you know what? I don't blame you. I think they do make really good food. Except, I think their waffle fries, like, the moment they, they're not hot anymore. You know, my stepdad, he's funny. My dad, he, when he gets, if it's Chick-fil-A or, like, Wendy's or something, he eats fries first. And growing up, I thought that was so weird. that I'm thinking, that's the smartest thing you could possibly do. Eat your fries first. I do. I do when do that, that too. Cold? Do you do that? Do you? Okay. Well, I think I kind of. It's in a mindset where, like, the main entree. If I get a burger or a chicken or something like that, that's better than fries. As much as I am a diehard for fries before guys, I I'm definitely on a fan of. Also, that also <laughs> I'm in an idea point of like you can't. It's hard to reheat fries. Though I've learned if you have an air fryer. Yes, you can reheat fries. With an air fryer, just like a, a couple minutes, like it'll reheat them perfectly. Good to go. So that's huh. for that's for everyone listening who's gotten this far. But yeah, air, <laughs> air fryer for reheating fries, you can finally do it. But I'm also from the 90s in 2000, so I'm in the mindset of you can't reheat those. So 
No, you gotta eat them I first. can't imagine. No, once it's over, it's over. If you didn't eat all your fries, it's over. And I think what Chick-fil-A has going for it is the sauces. So I think dipping the fries in the sauces, it's like that changes the game a lot. And it's scoopable with the waffle fries. But if you don't do sauce with the fries, just don't. But, you know, like I said, I, I get why people feel uncomfortable with, with eating there. And once again, it's just like everybody has every right to do whatever they choose. Mm-hmm. I think that's the most important part, you know? This episode is brought to you by Gamefly. Most of you are already aware of Gamefly, but for those of you who don't, it's the best video game rental subscription service that has a one low monthly fee. That's right, one low monthly fee. As a Twitch video game streamer myself, I know there are two types of games. One type is the game that you will continue to go back to, like Zelda Breath of the Wild or Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. But then there's those games that you think about, you're only gonna play once, and then you're never going to pick it up or put it in your system again. And that's the thing, though. And so video games are $60. And so with Gamefly, this is perfect. While, I, like I said, most games are $60, uh, if you use the link in the description, you're going to get your first two months for $10. So uh, just saying that you're basically saving $50 by just using a, having a Gamefly subscription. Um, what I'm currently using Gamefly for right now is uh, I'm going to go through Pokemon Sword. I am My main game is Pokemon Shield, but going through Pokemon Sword, I can get another playthrough and entertain everyone on Twitch, and then I can also help fill out my Pokedex, and that way I can have a complete Pokedex without having to waste an extra $60 uh, for that intended purpose and in october i plan to start playing luigi's mansion because it's spooky and october is the spooky month and that's why i'm playing luigi's mansion so it's super great and i love doing it with my twitch stream and so i also want to tell you that like i said uh using the link in the description of this episode you're gonna sit, have ten dollars for your first two months so say if you go through two games that's basically five dollars a game and it's a great deal i love gamefly and i'm happy to be working with them so check out that link in the description get your first two months for ten dollars now i still go to starbucks i still go to chipotle and what are other controversial Ooh. dude chipotle i've been i think i've been to every chipotle in the nashville metro area yeah and, me too and i'm <laughs> that's sad for so which one's your favorite in this in nashville my favorite one the one on Charlotte Pike is not bad. Okay. Because that's that near one. the church. I That's right across the street church I would worship at. Um, that one's not bad. The one, 21st Avenue is not bad. West End's pretty good. I go to the one in Brentwood a lot, but I don't always love it. So I tend to go to the Green Hills Chipotle. Okay, yeah, I've been there too. The Thompson Lane or like, the one I've near Bahavari. Well, yeah, I've yeah, we both been to all of them. Like, and I want to like just like here is the saddest list of all. I'm ranking all the Chipotle's in the Nashville metro area. <laughs> and so, um, there's one. Um, it's not West End. It's like the Trader Joe's that's not in Green Hills. Which huh. look, can can I get started on that? I'm so annoyed. Like Green Hills isn't that far from me, but it's just far enough to be like I have to make a trip out of going to Trader Joe's. And Here's the thing: I lived in Green Hills for a second, and it feels really cool. Like it's just an interesting little area, but it's real hairy. It just gets real crowded and real yeah. messy. 
that's that's why I wouldn't live in Green Hills. Um, but yeah, but no, they built one farther away. They're like, we're Nashville's opening a second Trader Joe's. I'm like, awesome. Please be close to where I live. And then it's farther away. I'm like, can, can we? Wait, like, I didn't know they opened a second one. It was very. It was a very soft launch. It's the west side of Nashville, like legit West Nashville. Okay, that's that same neck of the woods I was talking about. That makes sense. But that makes sense for that area. That's like where the West Nashville Shopping Center is. Yeah, that makes sense. So, but yeah, it's the park. It actually has a normal parking lot, which is weird for Trader Joe's. Yeah, it is weird. So, but Trader Joe's. Trader Joe's is like you love it. You can't live without. It. If you've been to a Trader Joe's once, oh, you're just it's like, I'm, I'm going there. A oh, lot. it's it's magical, but it's too far away. I shop at the Publix. Mm-hmm. Publix started in my hometown. I'm oh from yeah, it's Florida. a Florida. It's a Florida deal, and I shopped at Kro- once. I moved here, I shopped at Kroger for many years, and something happened this year with the with the pandemic and everything. It's like I don't want to shop at Kroger anymore. It just happened. I was like, I'm going to shop at Publix now. And I'm so glad. It's a little more expensive, but I just like it better. Do you live close to one? Yeah, I live really close to one. I think there is a, there's a factor I like to assume with grocery store, your preferred. It's cl- how close it is and how fast you can get in and out and like your speed. Because I'm a Kroger guy and there's a Kroger not far from me and yes. it's real convenient to get in and out. Yeah. So, and that's why I like it so much. Well, and I feel the same, yeah. I feel the same way about my Publix now. I'm like, it, it's never crazy and crowded. I can just waltz right in. I know exactly what I'm going to get. I very, I'm telling you, it's like a, it's all, this has all happened this year. I think it's like where my anxiety about the pandemic has gone. It's like, I have very specific things that I buy. I know exactly what I'm going to get. You know what I'm saying? And I do my little route. Mm-hmm. And I get my stuff and things and go. Yeah, you like learn where everything is. The Kroger and me, like I think maybe a year ago, rearranged everything. I'm like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened in my life. <laughs> like this, this is the worst. And then now, like the pandemic happens, so like it's so not actually the worst thing. <laughs> no, but um, actually, no, I've actually been able to like glide through the pandemic pretty easily. Just, me too. I've been I blessed. Mean, yeah, I mean, besides, like, playing live shows, like, podcasts are still easy to do. I started streaming video games on the internet. So nice. it's, like, it, it, that part has been easy. And then there's just, like, man, I miss going to shows and live shows and, like, doing interviews in person. Yeah. But Zoom, yeah. Zoom, I think Zoom, the cause of the pandemic, made it super yeah. easy. We have a lot to be grateful for. I think, and I think some people... I think I've realized about myself, I'm pretty flexible in a lot of ways. I'm very adaptable in a lot of ways. So once this hit and the smoke cleared, it took about a month for me. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, all right. And I started taking live stream opportunities. So different, um, like I live streamed a little bit from my own personal accounts, but like different little organizations would p- pop up. Like, okay, now we're going to do live stream stuff. And so I'd be a featured artist on there or whatever. I'm glad I did all that this year. You mm-hmm. know, that that kept some things up. And then I've also been blessed with a few, um, like, COVID-friendly gigs. 
like stuff that I never would have taken in the past, but things that actually paid. Oh, that's, yeah, that's, that's been a blessing. Like stuff where there's rules, you have to wear a mask and you have to do this and you have to do that. But that's been a blessing. Like, I don't know, a lot to be grateful for there. Um, But my heart does break for the people in the industry who, who can't adapt. Oh yeah. Maybe they're like, like professional, like they're, I don't know. I've got a ton of people right now who are really going through it and I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I think that's, that's been harder for people like that to grieve. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, I'm like, well, I, c- I can still release music and I can still truck along. Well, not the case for everybody. So I hit it hard. I released an EP like Thursday, some like Friday, Tuesday. And I think like that Thursday, everyone's like, we're in lockdown. I'm like, all right. Never mind. <laughs> Never. So it's like, I did a couple live streams, but for me, unless you're doing it on another channel or another platform that's not your own, it's yeah. like everyone's yeah, doing a live stream right now. That's what I'm saying. I, I mainly, probably about 85 to 90% of the things I did this year were through kind of another platform were associated with another organization um, because I wanted to do stuff as professional as possible. I didn't want to just like, like hop on my phone and do random crap all the time. I wanted to do something nice. Um, and not that you, sh- you can't do that, but it's been overdone. I mean, I play video games on the internet, so I can't really judge anyone. <laughs> That's, I have no opinion on that. That's not my world. I don't know anything about that. But I think there's a balance. Like, I haven't done anything. I've got an opportunity coming up in a few weeks. But once again, it's an Instagram takeover for another mm-hmm. organization. It's not, like, my own thing. So the idea is, okay, maybe you're getting in front of other eyes that you wouldn't normally. So we'll see. Um, and I'm, and I'm rebuilding. I'd love to talk about Ravener more. I know your personality and mine, we can end up going down other rabbit holes, but, um, but it was, yeah, but no, I did see Ravener's releasing new music. Yeah. Just on my birthday. What? Yeah. I was like, oh, birthday treat for me. August 14th. Yep. Oh my gosh. Well, that's neat. Happy belated. I know. I'm 27. <sighs> 27 it was like, and falling apart it's like you're like oh yeah my birthday's on a weekend i can really you know do something with this and now i'm like no no you can't no you can't mine hit like right before the pandemic because i mine's march 3rd and oh. i ended up celebrating on like february 28th or 29th mm-hmm. and so it was only a couple weeks later that everything fell apart but yeah, just dropped a single, the first like official release in a long time. Um, and I'm really proud of it. Yeah, that's Drown. And I'm working on another single release that'll be coming soon. I don't have an official date yet. Just trying to finalize some stuff. Um, we're, we're rolling out some new music and I say we, it's me. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of the sole, uh, you know, deal with Ravener right now, but I am rebuilding my band. 
um, which I'm really excited about. And that's happened really organically. Uh, Rob and John, like, literally worked with them for several years. Um, but once this past Christmas, we kind of just sat and talked, and, and I was like, guys, your heart's not in this thing anymore, is it? Like, it's just not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we kind of had that conversation, and we were just really honest with each other. And it was really, it was hard, but it was gracious. Like, it felt like such a relief to be honest. Um, but we were in the middle of making a record, and we agreed to finish that record. And they were so freaking kind and supportive for that. We all went in that, you know. And so now I'm just in the process of rolling it out, so... Oh, that's cool. I always, I've always, always, ta- I always talk you up. Like, may not know this, but I was like, yeah, you should check out Ravener if you're like looking into Nashville like rock bands. Oh, thanks. I do think, yeah, you're one of the better like rock bands in Nashville. Uh, well, thank way you. Way better than Ghost Town Remedy, if <gasps> you can say way that. Way better than those guys. Those guys <laughs> suck. Oh, they have like a, they have like these really cringe. These people are making TikToks of their songs, and it's like super cringy. It's like this dude, like he took off a shirt and like poured a bucket on his head or something like that. On like a really, cr- it's funny. Well, this is the content I watch on TikTok, and man, it is live so your funny. Life. They're going to be on the next episode, so I'm going to make fun of them a lot more. So we already have that scheduled in. I love Ghost Town Remedy. No, I think they're wonderful people. TJ has a good heart. I think they're fun. I love the punk the punk scene in Nashville. Yeah, they won, to- they won some award, NIMA award. For the like NEMA best- award. Yeah, mm-hmm. they won it, and I was like, I didn't realize you guys were the only pop punk band in Nashville. There, <laughs> oh, there's, there's other ones. It's but just COVID them, though. COVID's been weird. Yeah. COVID's been weird. But I really appreciate those kind words. Um, it was really neat. Do you know who um, Jay Gregory is? Yeah, I think, I'm, I think I know him. He's a promoter, and he does other things, too. He does booking and does different things. But he messaged me several weeks ago, and he's like, Ravener's in alt press. And I was like, what are you talking about? And we were somehow, some way, um, the guy who did the article, I don't remember how we connected or he must have seen a show or something, but we were nominated as Tennessee's best unsigned band. Oh, I saw that. I saw that. Which I was, was really like, oh, neat. that's I cool. Like, I know them. <laughs> I was like, what a blessing. And, you know, it was a blessing because, listen, Sam, like, these past couple of years have been hard, you know. Once Austin and I split, I just I had a lot of work to do, like, like personally and spiritually to get my life. Because when you're with somebody for so long and you have to like get your life right, and it's it's been kind of a up and down journey with Ravener. And I'll tell you, this COVID year has been the best reset button ever, because all of a sudden, what's happened? It's like the right people who I, I believe could be wrong, but I don't think I am. The right people who are meant to come into this next season of this are coming. And I'm starting, so I'm working with a drummer right now. I won't say his name, but I'm working with a drummer right now that's like passionate. He's in. He was the one that was like, Canberra, like, let's do this. Because I was so, like, all the ups and downs from COVID and just everything, like, members changing and just different things changing and bleh, I was like, I don't know if Ravner is going to be a thing. 
Like, I just can't. And it felt so deeply associated with another time in my life and with my ex. And like, literally this year has just totally like been a reset button, almost like a baptism of like, okay, wash all the old away and let's walk into a new season with this. So I'm, I'm excited for 2021. I think there's positive things happening. It's like 2021. That's going to be my year. It's like 2020. It's already messed year, up. Damn it. <laughs> See, I, I just feel like a trendsetter for knowing that 2020 wasn't going to be my year. So <laughs> you are, <laughs> I'm, everyone's just copying me with their trends. And now I'm right. And they're wrong. Um, and that's all I want to yeah, know. That's what it is. but i appreciate all those kind words i i'm excited for the new season and there's been very specific people in my life that um have been really encouraging about all of that because it's easy like when it's your thing to get bogged down and stuck in your head and like well no one cares about this and you know this is a waste of time and that's just that's just your ego and your shame talking like Mm. you can't give up you know, when it's your heart. And so I don't know. So I've been making a very specific commitment, like my, my rock side, my masculine side of my music and art, that's Ravener in a lot of ways, but I'm still giving a lot of space and room for my soul and music. And that's like everything else that funnels in the singer songwriter stuff. And I'm just embracing both worlds. I'm sick of like, I have to pick one. Not right now. Mm-hmm. Who cares? The world's ending. You might as well make a rock band and have fun and just see where it goes. Yeah. Who cares? That's how I feel. I still kick myself in the butt when you you played a show with Set It Off, a band I really like, and then I like I know found out afterwards, and then you told me it's like oh, I kind of got you into the show for free. I was like, dang it! I was like, correct. <laughs> I was so mad. It's just like, you think of like bands you like, you really like, like I can get you in the show for free. And you're like, they were lovely. They seem like they really were cool guys. really nice. They were, they were really wonderful. Um, that's where we met awake at last as well too. They didn't play that show. I don't know if you know that band. They didn't play that show, but they were there in attendance and we played our set in, in, uh, uh, Vince. My the name escaped me for a minute. Oh goodness, Vince, the lead singer, came up to me and he's like, "I like your vibe. You kind of have that kind of darker vibe, and we're doing that too." And we've played several shows together. Um, they're with what label are they with? I can't remember right now, but they've been on. They've done a lot of like radio stuff. Like they've been on like Octane Radio. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're really cool. I look up to them. Um, but even even Vince, like on a personal note, has been very encouraging with everything going on. Because, like I said, past couple of years have been a little rocky, trying to figure out what's this new season for Ravener. And finally, COVID was the best thing that could have ever happened because it's given so much time to room, like room to breathe, you know. Oh yeah. And now I'm like literally rebuilding it just from one step at a time, and I have never felt like more peace about it. Like, I don't feel like, what am I going to do? And I have a deadline. I have to go on tour. Well, who's playing and what's happening? Uh." No, there's no tour. There's a pandemic. (laughs) So just form the band. Just get the people in the room piece by piece. 
let the chemistry happen. Let a real band form. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I love the no deadlines. Especially, I, I mean, I record myself, so I set my uh, own deadlines, and that's sure. just a form of me, like, making sure I get my oh, music sure. finished on time. And, like, finish in a proper time so I'm not spending years and years and years just working on, oh, like, yeah. the same song. But oh, now it's like, there's legit no deadlines. Like, no one is expecting you to do anything right now. But isn't that the most... That freedom is so lovely sometimes. It's like, ugh, thank you, God. Thank you, God, for, like, I don't know. Like, as much as my inner hustler loves to go and, like, yeah, let's get this stuff done. There's also been so many moments this year of, like, okay, I'm just going to rest and just focus on breathing. Like, literally, actually, you've probably seen it, but I was just watching an incredible Joe Rogan podcast. The guy was talking about taking 20 minutes a day, every day to do nothing. Like hmm. literally just sit there, breathe, think about a couple of things. And I'm like, that's what 2020 is. Yeah. That's what 2020 has forced us to do. Well, I still go by my like a religious days of like, you have to take one day a week to just do nothing. Yeah. You and still I, you still follow that? Oh yeah, but that's also just me being a lazy person altogether. No, <laughs> that's no, that's not lazy at all. I, just taking I a whole day off. That's such a beautiful thing to glean, no matter what you believe. Like having a day, like I know for me, like I have to do the worship leading. I have to work on Sunday mornings, but once I'm home, I will take at least four hours to do nothing. Like if I'm asleep for those four hours or if I'm just sitting there watching Netflix, whatever it is, nothing for like the rest of the day. Well, I love the idea, like especially now looking back that like they the Bible kind of like idealizes Sunday as your day off. But like if you work in a church, that's definitely not the case at all. Yeah. So I know actually my. I think. Because my granddad used to be a minister. He's retired. I think when he was working, he took Mondays off. That's what, I mean, if I worked in a church, like, Mondays would be. And for me, like, I'm just just a part-time worship leader. Like, I'm not in a church office planning. Like, that's all just kind of. You know, it's it's low key in that way. And you're also in Nashville, so like you don't have to worry about people like knowing how to play the music. Oh my god! No, seriously, like I'm so I'm so blessed. Cause I'll talk to my friends who live in different cities, like and if they work for churches and stuff, the horror stories. Like I don't have to deal with that. Like mm-hmm. I have, we are we're all paid professional musicians. Um, not all of us do that. Like not all of us are like gigging musicians. Like some of us are. I don't know. Like our pianist is is getting ready to finish nursing school, friends. Like like we might have other vocations, but like we are trained professional musicians. Yeah. And it's it's such a blessing. Like and I just I bring in a number chart and it's like, "Oh, there needs to be a correction on it. We fix it really quick. There's no questions." And that's my goal. Like when people like when people are out of town, I need to find a sub. I tell people straight up, I'm like, "I don't want to have to give you a lot of direction." I don't want to have to hold your hand. I say it nicer than that. <laughs> oh, and, and I love people in Nashville. We'll just like follow the studio recording. 
which is I love. I played a church. I've done worship leading. I've played guitar in churches. So okay. So like I like how we just show up the morning of, rehearse the songs once, and then I'm like, all right, we're good. That's pretty much how we do. We have a separate rehearsal we do during the week, but there are so many times. Like this happened this weekend. We're like, sometimes there's a song change, there's a just some sort of logistical change, and I have to bring like new new charts that are cleaned up. Okay, that's fine. Like that's that's what like that Nashville attitude's about. Like mm-hmm. you just roll in with those punches and you make it sound like you've played it fifteen thousand times. The worst thing is one time I was leading worship. This was when I was in college. Okay. And I guess like we had a bass. Pl- I didn't schedule the people playing with me, and so the bass player was like, um, "Yeah, got- apparently he was like really new to playing bass. <laughs> I didn't know that." And so like you know when someone's just like not getting it, and you're just like, "All right, you need to like hit the note on the first beat. Like that's an important part of the song." Apparently, I went way too hard. Like you know, unlike when if for like Nashville, it's like that's not hard. That's you not knowing what you're doing. Yeah, but like in other this places, instrument. In, in other places, it's like, wow, you have really scared me. I really scared this guy. <laughs> you scared him? Like, like he, hit, he, he hit he hit the right notes. <laughs> he hit the note on the beat. Though. You know, I'll tell you, Sam, like, and I want to be careful because I want to, now that I'm in a leadership position, it's like, I don't want to ever take them too far. But I have found that now that I've stepped into a little more of a leadership role, because before I wasn't in leadership, I was I was there as a keys player, as a pianist, as a vocalist, and then I got asked to step into this role. Like you have to kind of like sometimes you have to be like, mm-hmm. okay, here's what we're doing. Listen to this. Like you have to find that authority because you're not going to get it done. Well, I know, like in in the midwest like everyone's very passive i don't know that could be yes. other pl- and i'm like no, I, I think you're right i'm like i don't want to be i want to like do a good job but <sighs> like also there's also like what would the lord do in this moment i'm like the lord would hit the beat on the hit the first beat correctly and on the bass that's, that's the what he would do that's <laughs> the thing we're kind of walking into some other conversations right i mean and it's hard like once you're in nashville and then people are getting paid i i'm I'm having to remind myself this. I'm like, Camber, growing up, you were in a volunteer situation. So there was so much more forgiveness. Like wrong notes were okay. You know, poor choices and song tunes were okay. Not now. Not now. Like you're getting paid. These people are getting paid. So if you have certain notes, if you have certain expectations, you need to voice those. Because there's money involved. This church is investing in you all. They're paying for your services, you know. But it's easy if you come from church culture. I know you do, I do. Sometimes it's like you let certain things slide because you want to be nice and you want to be loving and you want to be Christ-like or whatever. And it's like, okay, but Christ also, I don't know, I feel like— Christ would hit the note on the first beat, like on the bass. Like I totally believe he would. I love this conversation. Like, I don't think, like, Jesus, like, if Lazarus p- played bass and, like, Jesus rose him from the dead three mm-hmm. days later and Lazarus hit the note at the wrong time, I don't think Jesus would be too happy about that. <sighs> Man, everything. 
Yes. <laughs> She's like, I, you were dead and now you're alive and you're still not playing you this bass line, right? You still can't manage. <laughs> you still can't play this bass line. It's, it's worship. It's CCM music. It's not even hard. We just need you to play the roots here, Lazarus. Like, what are you doing? You know what? I'll tell you. With CCM music, as as simple as it is, you also have to be, like, so on point. Like, the choices you make with the piano, with the acoustic, with the vocal, with the electric guitar, with the bass, they have to be so on point. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, there's no... So it's like it's simple, but then it's also not simple. I don't know. Oh, I, had a lot of, I did a lot of electric guitar, so I just stuck with. I'm just going to play the studio recording exactly, Smart. and if it's transposed, transposed, I will yeah. transpose it. <laughs> um, so, it. It sounds like you were a legit worship CCM electric guitar. Well, guy I also then. I also went to music school, so like I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to like you know you pay money to go to school and then. People see you play, and you're like, man, this guy sucks. And then you're like, how much did this guy pay to go to school for music? <laughs> it, what was your degree? Music technology. So it's oh. more like music recording. But okay. it's weird, because I went in as a vocal major, okay. and then they were like, you're a lot better at guitar than you are at singing. And so then I did a lot of our jazz guitar. like. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, very, I'm, and then surpri- I moved- I'm surprised they told you that. Oh no, people! I'm very okay with people being honest with me. And then, no, I just mean that's a good thing because sometimes these people come in there and it's like, why aren't they telling this person they shouldn't be in the music department? My school, I feel like my school was a little better at that. Where'd you go? Uh, University of Central Missouri. Okay. I was also kind of a person who I really like music, though. Like, yeah, I don't see my like. I think of, like, better majors I could have done, like, just career-wise, but, like, music itself, I I love music. And so I don't like a lot of classical era music, anything you would consider in that era, but, like, when I was in music theory, I was so, like, interested. I'm so interested in music because I'm so interested in how, how did we go from there to dun, 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 and then how we went to, like, you know, girls like you going around with guys like me. Like, how did we get from there to there? And it's so important with music theory just to see how we went from these chords and somehow this translates to today. And so, like, I did terrible in theory, but my theory professor loved me. Yeah. He like went up to me at the end of like our my first semester. He's like, I really enjoyed having you in my class, just because I'm Aww. like so interested. I'm just I'm so a interested theory in music. Nerd too. I'm a theory nerd too. I love it. And he I was love a, it. My art theory teacher. He has a. He's on our like my college YouTube channel. He's okay. so good. He's just. He just thinks about it in a different way. Like, why is this important on how, and I think about like how resolutions exalt, like when you go to the five to one or sometimes you go five to six or five to four and like how important resolution is to music in general. Yeah. I think or about making that. making certain choices about it. Um, I remember my piano teacher growing up, she was also like basically the music minister at the church where I learned how to, how to play music. Really, mm-hmm. like in a contemporary way, not just classical piano lessons. And I remember she would be like, all right, everybody, we we are resolving to the one chord because Christ is risen. Like whatever the song. Yeah, because it goes to four song, one. 
like whatever the song was kind of about, like thematically, like if it had a very like deliberate, resolute message, she'd be like, we are resolving to the one chord. I just thought that was so neat. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, like yeah. It's in, like, uh, and you're, you're talking more technically. I'm, I, I jumped the gun and got more artistic, I think. But I love, like, why do we resolve to the one? Or what does that mean? And what does that feel like? And, you know, well, if we're choosing to hang on to the four chord, why? You know, like, it's just well, interesting. I'm obsessed with that, too. And I think a lot of it comes down to feeling and i think like with me anything like art related feeling so important like you can go technical into a song and be like this is why this song is a good song this is this is why this song is a bad song sure you could say that about anything they can go into the technical details but with how someone actually feels and thinks about a song like if you like a song that you can scientifically say this is not a good song Mm -hmm. and you still like it like you can't tell someone like they shouldn't like something like that's that. That's right. Like I, I'll say this: I've started to like Nickelback music, and I can think about, Ooh. and I can think about every reason why Nickelback is bad, and I can accept every reason why Nickelback is bad, and like yeah. their why their music is bad. Why do we not like yeah. them and everything yeah. like that? But I still say, "How You Remind Me" is like my go-to karaoke song. Dude, mad respect. Do what you want. Here's the deal. I remember I sat down a couple years ago. I don't know who I was with, but we were looking up live Nickelback performances. They were flawless. They are. They they are now, like good. So now from see, we're already kind of touching on this. From one ang- angle, some would say, okay, but it's soulless. Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. But then there's another part that's like, okay, as a musician, I think it's okay to, we need to, it's okay to embrace like perfection a little bit. Like, I think that's okay. Like, there's also a part as musicians, like, man, it's it, it kind of just flawlessly executed. They're one of those bands. Mm-hmm. I have to admit, and I'm not ashamed. I, don't, I also like making fun of Nickelback just like anybody else. It's funny. There's a ton of funny videos and memes and stuff. It's hilarious. But, like, I totally get where you're coming from with that band. And obviously, they're doing something right. There are, mm-hmm. I won't curse, tons and tons of people who follow them. Yeah. They're a successful, huge, iconic band. But I it's think so about, funny because we love to hate them. Mm-hmm. I think about this, uh, it was this article... No, it wasn't an article. It was yeah. like it was it was uh, Jerry Seinfeld, Chris Rock, yeah. Louis C.K. before we yeah. were before we were supposed to hate him. And um the uh. rookie Gervais. <laughs> and uh, they were just like just talking about like comedy and everything. Louis was talking about how like when he was starting out, he saw this like kind of parody guitar player singer uh, like singing a song like sitting on a cock cuz I'm gay instead of uh sitting on the dock of the bay oh, and yeah, he yeah. and then he's like i think about that and i laugh every time i think about that i obviously know this isn't like technically good comedy yeah. but it still makes me laugh yeah. and so huh. i think about music how just because a song's not good doesn't mean you can't like it that's that's huge yes yes mm-hmm. i think um 
halts yeah. the planets. Like he has a whole suite of them. I don't think that's that good. I think they all sound the same. Like each track or suite or whatever they call those things. They all sound the same. This is great. Like a music school educated person be like, yeah, I like that track you did. Um, but I think they all sound the same. And I think uh, Springs Awake, not Springs Awakening. Uh, I don't know what it's called. Springs Awakening is a musical. I like that musical. Um, something Awakening. I can't remember what it's called. Uh, but it's like a whole like hour straight of music and it doesn't repeat anything. Yeah. I'll remember it eventually. But anyways, okay. I don't think that's that good. It doesn't entertain me. But okay. I can still recognize it as a good piece of art. And a good well, and, and that's what it is, isn't it? We go from, like, we probably shouldn't get into this because it's kind of controversial, but, like, you know, Cardi B's latest effort. Oh. I made I made a point. I said, I'm going to listen to this thing because anytime I see somebody and they slam an artist or slam a song, then I go listen to it because I want to know for myself. Mm-hmm. And I listen to it, and I'm like, yeah, is this extremely dirty? Yeah, but... It's one of those tracks you listen to. It's like, oh, that's catchy. I mean, oh, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many different angles we can appreciate art. Like, I hear what you're saying. Like, okay, but I recognize that this is that this is art, and this is what this expression is. I recognize that this is a really fun pop tune, and here I'm into it. Or I recognize that this is just a really cathartic rock song. I'm into it. I think it's okay to appreciate things for different reasons. And I love, I love what you said. Yeah, this might not be good from a music school mindset or whatever, but mm-hmm. like it's making me feel a certain thing, and I'm just gonna enjoy that. Like, there's it comes to a point where you cannot tell people, leave people alone. If they like mm-hmm. it, they like it. And that's why I don't fight. My mom really likes the CCM music. Like, she'll just like sit and listen to it, sure. which sure. That's um, hard for me to do too. That's hard. oh yeah. I, I enjoy we're emo kids listen- though, so. Oh, we always thank you for that. Always mm. well, and and I love I, I enjoy like maybe like worship music more than I do CCM nowadays. Mm-hmm. Like I can sit and listen to probably four or five like Hillsong tunes in a row, but that's it. I can't do much more than that. Um. But no, I, I I didn't mean to interrupt you. I, oh, I no. Know you, you were saying that. But yeah, my, my mom loves that stuff, and it really speaks to her. And so it's like, yeah. I can't, I shouldn't shame my mom for liking that music. No. Um, I mean, a lot of it, like, there's a lot of talented people, like, working on it. Um, just because there's some parts of it I don't like. Yeah. And I, can, and I think about it as, like, the parts I don't like are a lot more technical than, like, the art itself. Yeah. And so, like, I shouldn't shame my mom for liking that. I'll no. shame my dad all he wants. I think he likes uh, country music sometimes, so. <laughs> oh, I don't mind country sometimes. He listens to, he listens to the Garth Brooks' Sirius XM channel, and ironically. Wow, what a great songwriter Garth Brooks is, though. But he's killed a lot of people. What? Oh, sorry. So I think I watched that Garth Brooks documentary yeah. on Netflix. And, like, he, he cries through the whole thing. So if you don't like men crying, like, don't watch it. Because that's all it is. I do it's, like men crying. That's weird. But I, <laughs> I'm, I, I don't feel I, like I, judge. Sorry, I, just, I wanted to be weird for a minute. I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, FNX Fitness. 
FNX Fitness is committed to creating innovative supplements of the highest quality that provide focus for a productive morning, energy to thrive all day, performance supplements to reach new goals, unique sleep and recovery formulas to support any sport, and healthy supplements to support an active lifestyle for years to come. They also have a fantastic clothing line. You can look good while working out, which is pretty, pretty, pretty great. With your purchase of any product at FNX Fitness, one gallon of water gets donated to a child in need, which is incredible and it's something I absolutely love. Using promo code SHWEGCAST or link in the description, you can save 15% off your purchase. That again is 15% off your purchase with promo code SHWEGCAST or you can just click the link in the description. That easy. But it's one of those things, I can justify someone crying, but for the right reasons. Like I he didn't cried. see this documentary. He, he, I'm like, it's cries like, yeah, I met a woman and uh, she like tested my shoe size and learned I was a, I was 11 and a half. And, uh, and then he starts crying. I'm like, that's not a reason. Like if he was crying when he was talking about like he's getting a divorce or like his children being born, like those are moments like this is a weird subject for guys because if you're going to cry as a guy, like you have to have the excuse <laughs> I understand. I mean, it's, I mean, women are like, men should cry, but like, yeah, but like pulling an opposite Cardi B, do, pulling the old DAP, like, <laughs> let's think about that for a second. Pulling the old Ben Shapiro right there. I'm sorry. This is very entertaining. I hear what you're saying. So it, it's, I it's, hear a, what you're saying. I, I'm very weird on men crying because like, I don't think women really want men to cry because I think some things about women, you know, like you like a man who's like very put together. True. I think it's a part of our patriarchal society. I think it's embedded in us to be like, you know, we, we talk about progress and things and we want men to be sensitive. But I think there's a part of us when our men do break down, they do fall apart and they do show their flaws they show their weaknesses. We get angry. And that's, mm -hmm. and that's, that's, that's wrong. Like that's, that's not fair. I think a part of progress is helping men to have a full emotional scope, just as, uh, as women, we need to have a full emotional scope. We need to be uh, carrying out more assertive masculine qualities and they need to be allowed to do the opposite. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I mean, mean I'm, I want to say, I don't think there's anything wrong with men crying. I'm just yeah, saying, thinking on my end, like women how attracted are you to a man crying? And most of them are like, I uh, totally hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I totally get what you're saying. Like, if you're gonna if you're gonna pull a Ben Shapiro, like it's at that point. What a character that guy is! My gosh, he talks so fast. I want to say, as someone who's probably descended of Jews, that if I gotta rank all the Jews, our top one is Natalie Portman. Is she Our, Jewish? Yeah, and that's the best part. Mm. Like, you don't know. <laughs> that's why she's the top. <laughs> Our bottom is uh, Ben Shapiro. Everyone else is in between. Well, and he's an interesting character because I first, not first heard of him, but first, like, opened my mind. Okay, what does he have to say on a Joe Rogan podcast? And I was like, all right, okay. But even Joe Rogan's the first to be like, 
man, I like Ben, but he's not perfect. He's got some silly things sometimes. That's one thing like, I like about Joe, Joe, the Joe Rogan show, and I think this is why it's so popular, is he will have just anyone on, and he'll listen to them with a valid point of view. Like, just, he'll sit give there. Give people the benefit of the doubt. Like, he'll have Alex Jones on, and he's not going to, like, shame him for how crazy he is. Like, he's going to no, listen to him. Obviously, Alex Jones is nuts. Like I said, I think Joe Rogan, and I say this, like, as the, like, Walmart, what's worse than Walmart? I wouldn't say Aldi's, because Aldi's has Maybe some good Kmart? things. Kmart? This is like the, my show is like the Kmart Joe Rogan show. Like, when's this going to finally end? Um, but I, I think, I think <laughs> of him, he's so good at just having conversations with people. He really is, and that's why it's so popular, and I think... I don't know. I think most people, no matter what your politics are, because there's certain things that Joe Rogan says, I'm like, I don't know about that. But there's other things I'm like, oh, okay. But like, I keep watching his show because he's having a nice conversation with all sorts of people. I like that he has like, a lot of the stuff that I like to watch is when he has like scientists on. And mm-hmm. Which is really like funny that. if you actually think about Joe Rogan a lot. He's just like, man, you know, DMT, get into like, you know, your uh, sensory deprivation tank. It's yeah. like, man, you know, gorillas, they're. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of an, like, he's, he's also the first to admit, he's like, he's kind of an idiot too. Yeah. He is. He, I just like, I think in the world, I mean, I do a podcast, you know, like, I just think in the world of podcasts, like, he's the. He's the best. Like, there's He's no one the gonna... king of podcasts. Like, if you're going to do podcasts, you probably are going to be into Joe Rogan because he was kind of the guy. He's well, kind of the like, guy that opened the door. Like, I would say if, like, you ask anyone, like, what podcast, if you could choose any podcast in the world you'd want to be on, it'd be Joe Rogan's. Joe, like, oh, be... my God. Can you imagine? Did you watch, Um, because you talked about Jehovah's Witness. I don't know if you're in just, like, Scientology is very fascinating to me. Lillian Did you Rem- watch... Anyone? How would you think? Oh, dude, that was so weird. Just messed up. You, know, you kind of know. I kind of already knew. I mean, I grew up evangelical, so I already knew it was oh, bad. Of course. Yeah. And then but I also. But it's like, we didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. I, I think Leah Remini really brought to the surface just how toxic it is. And then you think how, I mean, like for people like Tom Cruise, it's probably pretty great. <laughs> well, because he's living like a king. Oh, yeah. He could I live mean, like he, a king if he didn't have Scientology. Yeah, that's true. But. Freaking Tom Cruise. It's so weird. I don't know. I, I just feel like. Because when I moved to the South and was going to church, a lot there's a lot more prosperity gospel in the South than there yeah. is Midwest, I would say. Yeah. That part always kind of annoyed me because I guess my main, I would say my main evangelical time um very like a super evangelical uh the churches i went to always just had offerings in the back where it's just like hey please give it to us if you have it like that's we don't want to sp- too that yeah. and i think that's the best option but i feel like when i moved here it was kind of like lord please bless this offering we need to make six figures a year it's like Oof. it's almost like ooh, that's too much yeah because i always always donate like in a different way like i would just like buy things for the churches I worked for. I think I bought like a mic once for one. I'm like, this is what you need. And then like they used it and then they're like, we'll pay you back. I'm like, put it in the fund that you use to like try to help people in the community. Like that's what I always tried doing. That's my offering. Yeah. Giving the pastor a um, beer or something like that. 
Yeah. Well, my old my old pastor's name is is Daniel Suiza. Him and his wife Amber have a church up in Canada now. They did a church plant. But I remember he would always talk about offerings. He's like like from kind of is the word I'm looking for pragmatic, practical way. He's like you know there is a reality that we do have to have funds coming in to keep the lights on, to keep our you to you know to keep the building running. Like this is a physical building. We're not looking for some crazy profits. Like he was he would be very down to earth and real about it. I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. something for people to remember. But yeah, there are those types too that the prosperity gospel gets a little creepy and weird. Like the Joel Osteen type uh-huh. mentality. Um that gets kind of yucky. You gotta be careful and with I, that. And I think that's probably why I'm still have somewhat healthy idea ideas with Christianity, is that my parents are actual good people and they yeah. see someone struggling like in the church and like in their church, my dad's like an elder. And so like they try to help them as much as they can. And so what's it's just, denomination? Um, it's just independent Christian. Oh, okay. So um, I don't think I've is that and but that's not considered non denominational? Oh, non denominational, that's what I've been out oh. of church for I've been out of church for a minute. So No, you're all good. I'm um, at, listen, I I'm at a Cumberland Presbyterian church. I hadn't even heard of that denomination. Oh, Presbyterians are the cool ones. I like them. They're really they're, they're pro. They're pro LGBT, right? Typically, yes. Our our church is this church environment is the most like pos, Just just every week, it's very positive. Mm-hmm. And we're getting a new preacher soon, and he has. He has his own like homeless ministry, like all this stuff. Um, and I'm not saying that the church that I grew up and didn't do wonderful stuff too, but I have to, I, I feel like there's a reason I'm at a Presbyterian church. They're just they're just calm. And this particular denomination is very like laid back, very non-judgmental, very accepting. It's nice. Yeah. My and I think an also big thing for me is LGBT issues, which I'm not going to force your opinion on, but that's always been a big thing for me. And so I think I, I moved am, here. I, I went am to one. Affirming. I'm okay. an affirming Christian for that. Absolutely. So. I have I have friends. I have Christian LGBT friends. I have non Christian LGBT friends. I have people who they're somewhere in between, or they're a total religion altogether. I'm I'm affirming. Okay. So um, okay. So we're cool then. But that's like that was. I think that was the start of my big issue. And then also then prosperity gospel. And then I think Trump became president and I was like, I don't want to be associated with those people. And, you know, and and it's just a reminder that my gosh, there are so many denominations and so many things like you can never say that all Christians are banned. Oh yeah. You can't. You just can't. There are Christians that support Trump. There's Christians that hate him. There's Christians that are indifferent. That I just mean, and Christians don't just exist in America. <laughs> oh yeah, well yeah, and I think yeah, it's just my problem. But and I, I mean, most of my problems have happened secondhand to friends of mine, not to me specifically. So I like I've had to watch like my friends go through like horrible things, church related things. So it, it's just hard. always weird. But yeah, but the LGBT issue is like really, like really passionate about. I would think like if I'm going to be a part of like of a church again, I would first question I would always ask like, what's your stance on LGBT issues? Yes. And if I don't 
I can't fully agree with that. That'd be, I'd be like, I'm out. As old well, Kramer would say. I know. I know. Um, we have a, a, a really just wonderful man that sings with us at the church. He's, he's a little older. Um, and he's like, Camber, here's how I am. He's like, I don't care what any of these people, people believe or what. I'm just glad you're here. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what he would say. Um, whoops. Sorry. Oh, you're good. I feel like, I feel like most people nowadays would be okay with LGBT issues. I feel like... I think it's softening, yeah. I have, a like, a weird theory about my parents' church. Like, if I feel like they may have some, like, big donors necessarily. Uh, and I don't want to, like, speak for anyone's behalf, but I feel sure. like they may be big on that issue. But I feel like the leadership would be okay with it. Yeah. But so I think it's, you know, the whole financial side could be a big thing. And I think that's a real big issue for a lot of, like churches right now in regards to the LGBT issue. It's where, Hey, we want to like affirm and we want to like, they're obviously like pure at heart. And like, they're like, we want to reach the gospel out to everyone, especially like the LGBT community. Cause a lot of people, you'd be surprised how many people in the LGBT community still consider some Christians. Yeah. But like at the same time, we know this is a very stigmatized issue. And if we do this, uh, Finance is just like keeping this church alive and going could go under. And so we kind of like. And that's scary. That's that's, what's so hard. That's what's broken about our man-made systems with things. mm -hmm. And I don't know. I don't know what to do about that. And I think that's where it's like, for me, I'm like, okay, I'm in this physical building. I'm a part of this church where I worship lead. But that is only one little of my life as a believing person like wherever I go if I'm at work if I'm on the road if I'm like I'm this sounds so cheesy and trite but I'm I'm being that like we're supposed to be what is it light of the world or salt of the earth or whatever we're supposed to be you're going to be that whatever community you are like wherever you are be there my mother always says that um, you know, like, yeah, like, you know, the, the churches we attend or work for or whatever, they're probably not perfect because they're man-made organizations. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't yeah. mean that beautiful things aren't coming from those organizations, too. And the crap, the bad stuff happens, too. But there are good things, too. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I just have, I'm such an idealist. I have so much hope. I'm like, please, God. I don't know. Maybe I'm naive. Yeah. I guess you got a, like, a good situation because there's some things, like, I could not deal with. Like, there's, like, what are, like if I, there was a moment I thought I was going to be a worship minister, and then I would have oh. been like, what's your thought on LGBT issues? I'm like, totally think we should be accepting them and affirming them into the church. And they'd be like, yeah, you're not hired. <laughs> like, there's, there'd be no way I could, because, like, I no. don't believe in, like, censoring myself. Sure. So... Sure. And I think that's okay. Um, you know, I'll tell you, I, I never thought that I'd end up being a worship leader. It just happened. Mm-hmm. It just, it just, it just happened. And it's funny, like being, the group is very female led. Like before this, the lady running it, um, female. And like growing up, there was always this message of like, uh, 
you know, women, like kind of just question marks about women in leadership. Now I'm at this church where I'm like, it's very female-led. We have a children's pastor, female. Like there's a very, it's, it's different. Oh yeah. It's different. I'm I'm just very, I'm just so thankful to God for this church. And I don't know. It's just kind of like, it's just funny how like none of it was forced. It just happened. Have you heard, have you heard of Girl Defined? No. It's just like this super, don't, don't give them the views. Uh, Basically they're pretty like how women need to submit to men and, you know, like the bad talk. It's really funny just because I think about it where the Bible would not condone them doing what they're doing, having a ministry, but they're preaching like the things they said. So it's it's just so funny to me. So I just think in my mind where like, you know, when, especially when like the LG, a big LGBT talk was going on in like 2015 when gay marriage became legalized and then yeah. there were some women speaking out about it. I'm like, well, if you're going with the Bible, uh, you need to stop talking right now. It's true. It's like we, those lines can be defined uh, very quickly. Um, you have to kind of make a choice, you know? Um, yeah, I definitely won't check that out. Um, yeah, don't don't give them the views. Well, if, if you yeah, do, don't give them the views. Watch a reaction video to them. Uh, nice. No, and I probably won't because I've heard it all. I, you know, I because I went to private Christian school growing up. I mean, I heard a lot of weird things, weird messages about women in church and all these things. And and you know what? Like what I've come to find, like all that stuff is just it's bullshit. And um. I don't know. I just, I don't think the Lord sees people like that. I mean, we're, we're creating those agendas in our society. Mm-hmm. We're creating those narratives. It's not scriptural at all. Um, and I think you have to take scripture in context. There's things that were happening culturally in those passages that, okay, that doesn't apply today. <laughs> About women and Was you know, it like women the Leviticus? Speak, you know, stay silent. Well, all that's. Oh, in the Leviticus gay marriage verse also has something about like mixing fabrics or something like that. There's all sorts of weird stuff. And it's just like you you you'll follow that but not the other part in the same book. Like you'll take that that literally. It gets that point. And I think this is so important as Christians. We need to know the heart. What is the heart of, of, of scripture of Christ? You know, love one another, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul. How how will they know that? you know me by the love you have for one another, loving your enemies, you know, Mm -hmm. that's it. Oh, my favorite. We're talking about women and LGBT. There is neither Jew nor Greek, nor slave, nor free male, nor female. We are all one in Christ Jesus. That's it. Like to me, it's as simple as that, but some people would argue with me. That's fine. I mean, yeah. I don't need to convince you. I'm just trying to follow what I believe. So. So, yeah, we're probably, I feel like we're on the same wavelength in we regards to are. spirituality. We so we're not like I'm, Joe Rogan I'm, and Ben Shapiro talking here. It's like, no, well, I feel like I'm it's sure. a gynecological condition going on there. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by Duke Cannon Supply Company's Beer and Bourbon Box. Duke Cannon hails from a simpler time, a time when the term handyman was redundant, a time when chivalry wasn't considered old-fashioned. Duke Cannon's purpose is simple, to make superior quality grooming goods that meet the high, important 
high standards of hardworking men. In the history of great duos, the partnership of beer and bourbon is even more important to our way of life than mac and cheese and fish and chips. Come comes complete with three big beer soaps, a delicious scented sandalwood soap with made with old Milwaukee beer, a fresh citrus woodsy offering made with Deschutes fresh squeezed IPA, and a warm cedar scent made with Budweiser, and one big American bourbon soap, a rich oak barrel scented bar made with Buffalo Trace bourbon. A perfect gift for that gentleman who appreciates a fine drink and a distinguished fragrance. Use the link in the description of this episode today, and you're going to get free shipping on your first order over $20. Ben, Ben. Man, loosen just, up. That's just that was just embarrassing himself. That was so, so funny. Embarrassing. It like it's rap. It's hip hop. It's extreme. It's art in a way. It is art. It is art. Um, dude, like if you're taking that literally, oh my god. <laughs> I want to speak for a man without sisters, and I know he has a sister. Uh classically Abby, but I, I know I'm, I can speak for myself where like female anatomy, I don't know a lot about, so I don't open my mouth to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. And I feel like if he's in the same situation, he should not open his mouth. That's just kind of like, Ben, I know you're famous. I know you have a show. You don't have to speak on every single thing. Like that's my thing. I'm like, that might've been a moment for you to just, Live and let live. Like, you didn't like the song? Fine. Just, <laughs> just so like, lame to be I like, just, it's not, yeah. Sounds like a gynecological exhibition. It's just like the worst thing to say. Like, <laughs> what a square. Do you know what I mean? Just like, what a, just, <gasps> I do want to say, though, there is a go, there was a go fund. It might still be active, but uh, to get his wife a vibrator. <laughs> I'm gonna see if I can find it. A friend texted it to me the other day, but you are kidding me. I, I gotta find this real quick. But you're kidding me. It's so funny. No, it's true. Uh, they reached the so there was like the normal vibrator goal point where like like a normal like you know whatever it's called, and then so they passed that, and then <laughs> you see here. Oh, oh, I found it. I found it. I found it. I found it. Okay. I just see. can't even. You found it. Yes, I did find it. It, it. And then, so they're buying them just like this ridiculous <laughs> one. Okay. That's hilarious. Do they reach their goal? Oh, the, um, actually, well, not the Let's second see. tier. So, okay. So I'm looking here. Buy more Shapiro a Hitachi. <laughs> more Shapiro needs a Hitachi, a fantastic personal massager. It can also be used to alleviate tension caused by massive pain in her ass named Ben. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stickers available here. And then looks like this one. We made the goal like for the Hitachi. So it really seems like it's only fair to raise the goal to buy a CBN. So this is like this insane vibrator right here. Oh, my gosh. I'm, it's just like. So inappropriate. And then there's a part of me that's like, oh, that might be a little. Part of me wants to donate know. to the campaign. Don't. 
but oh, my, oh dear it's, but it, it, it you have to laugh at that you have to laugh because it's like this poor lady i don't know but i just want to tell ben sometimes i'm like when it comes to when it comes to like famous artists like that putting out music just lighten up it's hip-hop rap they're going for the shock factor they're going to sell and all you're doing, you're just directing more people to it. If you really have a problem with it, just don't say anything. And music is such like an intense art. So it's like yeah. we're wanting the reaction. Like That's so, all it is. It, to me, the, the shock value in that video, I, I watched it multiple times because I wanted to know. I wanted to see. I'm thinking, I'm not offended by this. This is the same. This is shock art, just like stuff that Marilyn Manson has put out over the years. Just like, just anybody. It's just, I don't know. That's all it is. Yeah. Who cares? I've, I've seen a lot worse stuff. Well, and I think if somebody, oh, definitely. And if you're really offended, you might want to check yourself and be like, hmm, do I maybe have some, am I threatened by two black women asserting themselves in this way? And I, to me, that's probably what Ben was feeling. Oh, that's what I saw. I'm like, man, I, I, I'm not going to do that with my art, but you're an American. You have every right. Go do it. Who cares? That's how I feel about it. Well, I like people are still bringing up like Cardi B, like drugging a guy and robbing him. But then I obviously don't think it was, it was the best thing she should have done. But also at the same that's time, wrong. I think about myself in the guy's shoes. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to meet a stripper in a hotel room and, uh, and like do stuff and i'm like yeah you're gonna get robbed yes so you get robbed so it's like it's part of me like what she did was wrong but also like the guy should have knew what was coming yeah i think there's there's with anything right there's multiple angles of things and i'm one of those people i love to have conversations about things i i very rarely anymore get like like offended or it's just like just Okay, let's talk about it. Why is it why is it evoking that reaction? What can we learn from it? You know? Or there are times where it's like, well, I'm not gonna listen to that. Good for you. That's it. Mm-hmm. I just mean and move on. Don't be Ben Shapiro and be a just lame. Hitting on that DAP. This show is brought to you by Josh's book. That's right. Josh Casey is my spiritual mentor, the Rob Bell to my Pete Holmes, um, and also the one I call Cricket, or he's basically my conscience. He is finally releasing his first book titled Tracking Desire, a memoir-ish walk through faith, failure, and finding God under my feet. But he needs help getting it published. Find his self-publishing campaign at GoFundMe.com slash Josh's book to donate. Link in the description as well. And make his book a reality. Donating comes with a copy of the book and other shit. Now, about the book, basically, imagine something the complete opposite of this show. And that's his book. That's his book. Serious, but sprinkled with smart humor, it follows his story in and out of faith and the church, from deconstructing the bullshit of the evangelicals to dealing with his own failures to finally seeing the divine in all things and all people. This book is meant for all those who are on a journey of self-discovery and of figuring out where or if God fits into that path. If you fit in the very narrow Venn diagram sliver of people who listen to this train wreck of a podcast and 
still know how to read things longer than a tweet, then this book is for you. Again, donate at gofundme.com slash Josh's book and share hashtag Josh's book. Link will be in the description of this episode as well. Okay, um, so have you checked out TikTok at all? Yes, I okay. enjoy the TikTok from time to time. So we might be on different TikToks. So I want to introduce you to my lane of TikTok. Oh, no. Um, so I'm going to warm you up with one. We're both emo kids. So yes, this correct. one should kind of be a warm up for both of us. Okay, here we go. I'm scared. Okay. Question for the emo kids out there, but how many absolute baller covers of Taylor Swift songs do there need to be before we recognize T-Swift as one of the greatest songwriters in emo history? Just a thought. <laughs> I mean, I I champion Taylor Swift. So <laughs> I, I, I agree. Have not, I have not gotten to that point yet where it's like, okay, I love her. But obviously just as a music business... She's the queen of the music industry, so more power to her. I'm just glad it's a woman. Oh, yeah. I, I wrote a paper on, paper on her in college. Did you? So I know too much about Taylor Swift. Okay. I, can, I hope one day they make a document, like a, another documentary on Taylor Swift. They did, uh, but with, like, people who studied her, you know, yeah. talking yeah. about her. I hope I can make that documentary. I hope so, too. I think it's neat. I, her folklore album. I thought that was a really smart move artistically. Oh, yeah. I thought no, that was really nice. And I have no problems with the T-Swift. Whatever. Do you have a cat? Taylor Swift has cats. Uh, um, I don't have any pets. I must admit, with the quarantine stuff this year, I really wanted a pet. Could I see you as like a cat person? Oh. Which I like cats too. There's a moment I thought I was going to get a cat. Mm-hmm. So there's. I think, I think I should be a cat person, Sam, because I, I'm so moody. Like I would have moments where I'd want to like cuddle with my cat, but then it's like I'd want the cat to leave me alone too. Cats and are that's a lot what like, cats yeah. do. Cats are perfect. That's what I need to do. But like, I'm like, oh, I want a dog. And it's like, that's expensive as crap. Dogs, because dog, I like both. Dogs need you a lot more, but cats are like chill. Yep. Like you could train yep. a cat to poop on a toilet. Really? Yeah. So like it's this like weird thing. Um, let me see if I can pull it up. But it's basically, see, so start off with like a litter box that's on top of the toilet, so the cat goes in that. Huh. And then after a while, like you. Um, okay. Let me see. I found a video. I'm going to pull it up. When I have my own house one day, I think I'm going to get a pet. Yeah, I think I'm thinking about that too. Okay. Here's a video I found on the YouTubes. Uh, okay. Let's, let's watch it. Okay. Oh my God. The red stage gets your cat familiar with the toilet. Uh, So the cat going in, it's just all sand in there. The amber stage teaches you to aim correctly, positioning. And so it's like a toilet with a little hole in it for the cat. 
green stage teaches balance. And so it's like a, a very big circle with the sand in it. Slowly reduce the amount of litter in the green stage. Until the cat right is on its own. And then no, no litter or anything, no sand. Line enough time each stage until your cat is comfortable. Litter kitter costs about $42 on Amazon. If you want to buy one, use our link. See, I would want, I want, see if I had that, I'd want to have like a bathroom just dedicated to my cat, like a little True. half bath. And that would be, that would be their toilet. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. But that's the idea. That's one thing I'm thinking about with a cat though. If I get a cat, I'm hundred percent doing that. Oh my God. Yes. Cause they can be gross. Like I had a roommate several years ago, roommate, she had a cat. That thing stunk. And the litter box was, like, in the kitchen. It was just gross. Litter boxes, that's the thing with cats. Like, you got to figure out the litter box situation. you got to have a really good designated spot. And, like, how the house was a small house, like, there wasn't really... She put it in the best place possible. But, like, you really need to have... Like, people usually put it, like, in their laundry room. Like, they put it in, like, more, like, utility type of spaces. Mm -hmm. And, like, how the kitchen was, it was, like, this long vertical space. The kitchen went right into the little laundry area. Like, there was no separation. So, it just mm -hmm. felt like, here I am making my eggs, and I can smell the poop. Like, it was that's just what, gross. That's why the toilet's the perfect area, because I already assume bathrooms smell bad. Like, you can try to make it smell good. Like Sure. That's what I at think. at the end of the day. Like, worst case scenario, you just got to flush it before you do your business. Yeah. So that's what I think. But also, I found another cat, which I want to know your opinions on. Okay. This is a video. Oh, okay. I wanted to watch Tangled. I wanted to watch Tangled today. But once I got out Disney Plus and put my laptop down, uh, this little man here decided to start screaming at me until I turned on Aristocats. This is the seventh time he has watched Aristocats. He watched it two times yesterday. He gets upset when the movie pauses or glitches or ends. Any vets want to like, any vets or like cat experts want to duet this and tell me why he likes Aristocats so much? Can he understand it? Does he get that there are cats on the screen? Does he like the colors? Why does my cat like Aristocats so much? Gatsby, why do you like this movie so much? I'm, I'm so, he doesn't do this with any other TV show or movie, like just this one. And he will, he will like yell at me to turn it on. Why does he like it so much? Yeah. I'm just, I just like the idea. I just remember when me and my brother were kids, we, we were with my aunt and she had two dogs and she, we played Oliver and Company, I believe was the movie. And we thought the dogs would like it because it was dogs on screen. Yeah. I don't think they cared too much. So just the idea of like animals enjoying. It's oh, weird. My, my friend's dog, uh, they, uh, they have two dogs, you know, like sometimes dogs don't like being loners. And like yeah. they, they need, this is like need one of those dogs, but like loves humans like too much. And so like, she was like gung ho, like staring at like a movie about, I can't remember what movie it was, but it was definitely animals. I would say it's something like Milo and Otis or something like that. It yeah. would just like stare at the TV, like <laughs> vigilantly. 
And it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's so hard to know what's going on in their head. Why well, know it's like some dogs and stuff for cats too. It's like when you're playing a instrument, like they'll kind of howl along. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Dogs can be cool because they just lay there. Yeah. And they're just like, I feel like if you didn't like this, you'd say something. It would just be nice to have like another presence in the house once in a while. I didn't feel this way until the pandemic hit because it's like you're not having as much social interaction. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't mind having a cat or a dog if I could afford it, which True. I can't. So I feel like if they didn't have to go to the vet, if I knew that. That's the thing. I mean, it it can be an astronomical amount of money you're paying out sometimes. Totally. Uh, do you like movies? Yes. Okay. I'm, very much so. I'm kind of a, I feel like I'm a little bit of a film person. Okay. I want to know your opinions on this film. Okay. Uh, hey, TikTok, this is what your favorite movie uh, says about you. Uh, if your favorite movie was the Ronald McDonald's Wacky Adventures VHS tape uh, that they gave out at McDonald's in, uh, like, 2003, um, you might... Uh, you cool, I guess. So yeah, I've never I, heard of that. I don't know if I've ever watched the time travel episode, but, yeah, I've watched a couple of those. I haven't heard of that. I just remember, like, toys. Like, I remember, like, getting toys in your Happy Meal. That's all I know. Oh, I remember the VHS. Videos? Yeah. You know, I think back, some parents made sure they monitor what their kids watched on, like, TV. My parents didn't. Because um, I think I watched stuff like that, and I think that's the reason why they didn't monitor. <laughs> like, we were a multi-TV house. Because like, I pretty sure my parents were like nope i am not watching any of that that's how yeah that's how we were too like i remember once i hit a certain age like i had a tv in my room and everybody kind of and my family's still that way my parents my brother like mom has her tv room dad has his tv room my brother has his well, he plays video games like everyone's kind of you know I mean, what yeah I mean? yeah i have Big a tv in my people. room but like and I like to say I'm not spoiled because it wasn't a large TV. Yeah. That's like the like one thing that justifies it. It wasn't a large TV I had in my no, room. You're it spoiled. was like Just it was it. really small. Uh, yeah, you so. were. I don't I wouldn't say I was spoiled, but I probably had it better off than some people. No, I'm dismissing. Oh, you're good. Uh well yeah, no, that's what uh generally though. I'm like, I don't know how people live like that you know like i'm gonna watch everything my kids watch and like my cousin's like kid watches like mickey mouse clubhouse and you're like i don't know why you're and i think it also i got i mean i'm not a parent but i guess it gets to a point where it's kind of like you can't like monitor a child you don't you can't be like a helicopter parent to the Mm -hmm. point where like let the kid watch their freaking show i don't know i it's it's kind of like, do you want to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse? No. Exactly. So yes, you should I mean, kind of yes, but no. no. My <laughs> rest in peace, my Disney Plus Q feed suggestions. Mm. My cousin's kid wanted to watch Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and we did not want to deal with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
man. I have Disney Plus and everyone's so excited. Disney Plus, Disney Plus. But I think I watched like one thing on there and it was Bugs Life. And I mean, it was awesome. I wa- and I then mean, I was I, done. I still have a subscription, but the main hope was. Ooh, I, I mean, can't hear you. Wait, hold on. Okay, I'm back. There so, you are. I was, I was, I'm really into like the Marvel stuff. So obviously okay. having all the Marvel movies whenever I want. Yeah, that's great. cool. But they're all, they were also doing like, ser- like TV series on Disney plus specifically. Yeah. And so I was really excited for that. And I think the one that was scheduled to be like come out in August, like was like two or some weeks away from being finished. But okay. I think COVID's like messed it up. So now everything, everything is just like, Obviously. That's the thing about all our shows, because I'm a big fan of um, Handmaid's Tale on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And by this by this point, we should have gotten the next season. But with COVID stuff, it might not be ever. I don't even know. And that's like, one what's going to happen to our shows. And I know things like take a while to like get made, but I, I always think on like my end, like, what if we run out of stuff to watch on TV? Like the important I things I think about. What are we going to do? That's like, that's I'm the watching, thing. I'm watching Ozarks right now. Have you seen that show? So I watched the first episode. Think about this. I'm from Missouri. Okay. And so I watched the first episode. I, I can, like, we, you know, we had a conversation earlier. I respect that it is a good show. Yeah, yeah. However, Was it I, I hated living in Missouri and the idea of a TV show of a family having to move to Missouri and live yeah. there. Yeah, kind of traumatic. Like, is, I guess it's probably some trauma in my past uh, that I need to deal with someday with a therapist, yeah. but not today. So yeah. the idea of that makes me not want to watch Ozark. It's dark. And I know it's dark, and I, I, can, I know it's a good show. It just, I have to accept, it may not be for me. It's getting to a point... I guess I felt this way when I watched Breaking Bad. It's getting to a point where it's just getting darker and darker and darker. And I'm like, what's going to happen? Like, is this ever going to end? Is it just, I feel like so many people are dying. It's mm-hmm. like, there's not going to be any characters left. It's really weird. See, I I'm think like, I, I just, I th- yeah. could have been into the show if they put it in a different location. The fact that I they put it know. in Missouri. Because I haven't spent a lot of time in the Ozarks, really. Like, I've been to, like, like the major cities in Missouri. I and, yeah, know you don't need to see anything accents. else. Yeah. Like, it reminds me of West Virginia a lot. Like, the culture that they're kind of highlighting. Are those accents legit? Like, what I want to add, like, the, one of the main characters, what's her name on the show? I think her name is Ruby on the show. She's blonde hair, curly one hair. Is that a, a legit Ozark's accent. That's what is. What, I what does it sound like? To me, it sounds very like Alabama panhandly kind of a deal. It's it has a similarity to a southern accent, but a lot of the accent is just mispronouncing words. Can you do it? Like, do you have it? Hi, do you have some Parmesan cheese? Uh, I got a cro- croton, something like that. I'm, I haven't, so like I said, I haven't watched the show because I, and then also like where my parents have a timeshare is in the Ozark area. Like, but that's how people talk for real. Yeah. Okay. I, then it sounds pretty accurate. 
Oh, was I on point? That's how that's how all the accents <laughs> sound. They sound very like they're they're not like cheesy southern I'm drawls so, really. They're I'm like so- I'm so happy that was like that was good. I, there was something because, like I said, I've only watched the first episode, and I was like, I can't watch a show people miserably moving to Missouri. But it's the it's idea that miser- that the idea that you said, "Hey, do an accent," and without watching the show, and I did it, and you said that's pretty accurate. No, it sounds like the show. That's how that's how the, like the locals talk, and like I like that part of it. But it's just, I just feel like everybody's killing each other. It's dark. And I'm kind of getting to a point where I'm like, are these characters going to be redeemed? Yeah. Because even in Breaking Bad, there was some sort of, like, redemption. Like, there was something there in the end that you could kind of hold on to in a way. Mm -hmm. Like, it all kind of just came together. But with this show, I have a feeling that it's just Netflix, like, drawing you into that bingy like dopamine hit type of show and it's never going to end the only thing i wish with like the netflix show because at the end of every netflix season they do a teaser for the next season like a cliffhanger i wish they would just end the season and like make it the complete story and then if they're going to do another season start off i watched uh legend of korra like before okay. they put it on Netflix, I downloaded it and then watched it. Okay, I haven't seen so it. So okay. if you know anything about Avatar, it's that universe. Okay. Uh, but anyways, each individual season was its own story arc and ended and didn't cliffhang to the next season. Okay. Which I absolutely loved. Yeah. Because they could end it at any moment. Uh, everyone had closure in regards to any storyline they did. That's rare. And so I think if I ran a TV show, that's how I'd do it. I would just. Do you like? Did you get into Breaking Bad? Oh yeah, I watched. I've watched Breaking Bad. I like. They had a good ending. I'm a big fan of endings, which is a weird thing to say. I like things ending in the right way. That, that was a freak. Did you like El Camino? I haven't watched that. That was the follow up, like sequel film they did about like Jesse Pinkman's story. Oh yeah, I know. I know about. It. I need to watch it. It's like one thing, like Game of Thrones, I've never watched a single episode, but I know the final season is terrible. So it's like, I don't even want to watch it. Like, you're building... Yeah, I'm not going to get into it. You build up to an ending. And I feel like, I think my favorite Star Wars movie is Return of the Jedi, because it, like, ends this idea. Uh, it has a whole ending. It doesn't were, try you to, like, into the, were you into the new Star Wars films? I enjoyed them, for sure. Um, okay. I wish they would have planned them out better. Um, yeah. I enjoyed Rise of Skywalker. I enjoyed The Last Jedi. I enjoyed Force Awakens. Uh, there's some bold choice. I just think they didn't have a clear plan of what they were doing like when yeah. they were making it. That's what it kind of feels like, but my God, I loved... What was the second one? Uh, the Force Awakens. The Awak- Last Jedi? No, the Last Jedi, yeah. I loved that one. Oh, I thought it was great. Beautiful. Just like from an artistic perspective, I enjoyed that thoroughly. I don't think Ryan Johnson understood the character of Luke very well, but Luke wasn't like the biggest character in the film. So I could let that slide a little bit. I just, I loved the chemistry between Ray and Kylo Ren. It was just like, uh, oh, it was so good. And I, then it just felt so Disney movie, the third movie. I'm like, I wanted more than that, but. 
I didn't like That's the romance, right. but I liked the chemistry. That just, makes sense. It was just, it was awesome. Actually, that movie was a huge inspiration to a Ravener song that has yet to be released. It helped me finish it. It's a good, I mean, I like it. I mean, I'm a fan of Star Wars, but you're not really a true fan of Star Wars unless you hate the series. <laughs> like, you have to hate every movie. God, you know what? That makes me feel better about... I would get so irritated with my dad and my brother how they how they would get so like hateful about it. They hated the new ones. And I'm thinking that's because they're like the, not only my brother, he's too young, but my dad's like an OG fan. Like he was a kid when like those first couple movies came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think about my dad. Like he saw New Hope in theaters. Yeah, I think I just think about like my dad's lived through all three generations of Star Wars. Can you imagine? Yeah, I know. It's kind I mean, of amazing. We've lived through two. Yeah. So, like, and so, like, for us, like, the prequel series is, like, so dear to our hearts. Yes! You Even though we can see, we, we see, like, we see the flaws in it, but, like, it's dear to our hearts. And I assume kids today yeah. are going to love the sequel series. And I they're going to defend so. that. Like, you have, like, that's kind of touching on the thing you said earlier, like, are there certain things that maybe aren't always good, but it's like you can still love it? Yeah. Like, I recognize that there's problems with the prequels, but, like, Attack of the Clones, that was everything. I remember being in middle school, I was probably about 12, and I had strep throat, and I stayed home. For some reason, I was staying... We must have been living with my grandparents. I don't remember. But I was watching Attack of the Clones over and over and over and over again, and I loved... I loved uh, Padme and all her fashion. I loved all of that because I loved fashion. And I was in love with Anakin, which now I'm like, gross. But at the time, because mm-hmm. now I'm in love with Kylo Ren. All right, you got to move up. You have to move up. You have to graduate. Yeah, that is, that is weird. I'm Adam Driver, though. I'm one of those people. He's like, do you love Carrie Fisher? Did you love Natalie Portman? Or do you love Daisy, uh, Daisy Ridley? That's for the guys. Yeah. And he's like, you have to pick one. And you're like, <sighs> did Did guys, because I feel like there's a whole community of people who really responded to Adam Driver. Like we, as women, we loved like the dark, twisted character. Did people really respond to Ray? Did guys like Ray? I feel like she's not really like a, she wasn't exactly like a sex symbol compared to Kylo Ren in a lot of ways. True. Uh, For, well, in Star Wars standards. Like I feel like, Padme's character kind of was a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's also a different. Kind of like, it's also a different time for women, so they're probably like, you know, like uh, Carrie Fisher, the job of the hut scene, like the slave outfit, like definitely not going to do that with Ray. Like I feel like I just, think it was a choice. Yeah, true, but I th- feel like society. I don't think they don't want to see that again. I mean, there would be a lot of people who do, but, like, I don't think... But I meant, like, from, like, the progressive, like, the woke part of our society, whatever. They don't want to see that again, so, like, they didn't really sexualize Ray. But, and I'm not saying they were trying to sexualize Kylo Ren, but there's a whole lot of people that are really into that character. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a Ray fan. I could get down with that. Yeah. But... Interesting. Anyways, I, I do see one. I have a strong opinion. I found a TikTok. just want to know your opinion on that. Okay. 
I don't know about you guys, but I cannot be the only one who has realized that all racists look like they smell like hot dog water. And when I say all of them, I mean all of them. First of all, I can't with that accent. Yeah, the Is New that Jersey. Real? I probably. I have friends from New Jersey don't talk like that. Eh, well, it happens. I don't know. I, I, I'm just. I, obviously, I'm anti racist. Obviously. But they I do just, smell like hot dog water. Like, I oh, feel okay. like we can all agree on that. I mean, and, and yeah, TikTok is TikTok. You got to laugh at stuff. But on a serious note, I'm like, all of that, all the little like bite sized media about a racist and all this, it's like, I'm not sure how much that's helping. True. Like, I don't think like a racist is going to find that video and be like, I'm not going to be a racist asshole anymore. You know what? I don't want to smell like hot dog water anymore. I'm going to. Do you know I'm what gonna... I'm saying? Like, oh, I yeah. Don't, that's my one, my, I'm going to say a beef with TikTok. I really enjoy TikTok. It does feel like the one platform that's like so much processed media, like just mm-hmm. regurgitated media. It's somebody reacting to something else, somebody reacting to that. It's just like. Oh, What's we all agree inch? it's not good content. That's Nine Inch Nails. I'm just a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy. That's freaking TikTok. It's just... I've got TikTok accounts for both of my stuff, but I have not invested to really build it because it's just... It just feels like crack. Like content crack. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean, I make TikToks, but it's like not good TikToks. Yeah, I, I, maybe I just don't get it. Maybe, I don't know. But that's my one problem with it. I just feel like it's just, it's not good. Okay. Well, here's I'm not one into, of- But I do enjoy, I, I got really into the Chinese street fashion thing a couple weeks ago. I love that. But I love fashion. I enjoy that. Tell me about this talk. Do women do this in the bathroom? Hey, dude, can you hand me some toilet paper? Yeah, sure. Yes. All right, thanks. All right. There you go, buddy. So, yeah, I mean, us guys, like, if we need toilet paper, we just crawl under the stall. That was very funny. <laughs> Obviously, women wouldn't literally do that, but I have in many situations, like, oh, can I have some toilet paper? You would help help a girl out. But, like, no, no one's going to crawl under the bathroom <laughs> That's, that's what I mean. That's what guys do. We need toilet paper. <laughs> okay, I was being all okay, boomer like, about TikTok. It's pretty funny. Yeah, if you you just gotta find the right lane. You gotta find the right stuff. I found some good, some good uh, content. Great. I just I'm still figuring out what to do with it as, like as an artist. Like, what's the best way to utilize TikTok? I haven't figured it out yet. I'm still trying to figure out what's the best. You know what I mean? Oh, oh yeah. But um, you ever notice how like you have to make compromises sometimes? Yes. Okay. Well, one here's a compromise I figured out. I saw someone make have to make, and I think it's actually like actually makes a lot of sense if, if I do say so myself. My mom said I can't eat Dino Nuggies anymore. She said I need to grow up. That's fine, Mom. No more dino nuggies. No more Grandma's ashes. <laughs> I mean, 
That's a, I mean, that's fair. No more dime nuggies, no it's more grandma's just, ashes. It's a very specific kind. Like, there's just different kinds of humor. You have to... That's good. Um, I, on a side note, I freaking hate the thing. I don't know where it started. When people call nuggets nuggies, you're not saving time. Call, call them nuggets. I call them nugs. Oh, that's worse. What? You're like, you're I saying hate it. Nugs, not drugs. Shut up. I thought it. I think that is perfect. I hate it so bad. Just say chicken nuggets. I'm going to wait home. I'm probably going to get some chicken nuggets from some Wendy's. <laughs> nugs, not, like I said, nugs, not drugs. That is a good saying. That's that's healthy. That's like, that's healthy, positive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I think I figured out, I saw someone, I think they figured out how to solve 2020. Okay. Uh, this might just be me, but I feel like the only thing that can like legitimately save 2020 right now is if LMFAO creates a new party rock anthem. Cause I just don't <laughs> feel like a party rocker right now. And I really need that. <laughs> I think, I mean, shut up. That guy reminds me of my ex. Oh, I mean, just advocating for party, advocating for party rock too. I don't know. Just like. Ugh, that guy was cringy. See, like, you know that feeling. Yeah, that's what I. Okay, so like the guy before that threw the ashes, even though like the whole the nuggies thing, that's annoying. That was freaking funny. It's like, mm-hmm. well, here's grandma's ashes. Like, kind of that dark comedy. I'm into it. But like that guy, that guy's. That was annoying. Okay, then uh, since I like to do this to every woman who comes on the show. Oh um, no. So, okay, well, I, want, I want to set up a situation for you. You, uh, a guy somehow gets your number. You don't want him to have your number. He gets it. Great. You, 6 a.m., this phone, this video violates your phone, and you watch it. So tell me what you think. Good morning, Julia. It's me, Joe. Just wanted to say hi. Wish you a great day tell you that meeting you yesterday and getting a look at you was probably one of the greatest moments of my life you were so beautiful you don't know how beautiful you are to me I mean just you're gorgeous you're precious and uh, but it's been sitting in my mind when you said to me you want to go back with your ex-boyfriend please erase him from your memory don't ever go back in the past I know because I've been there and I understand when, you know, you're trying to find somebody and you go on dates and nothing compares to your ex. But there is that better person out there. And Julia, I promise you it is me. I will love you like you've never been loved before. I will cherish you. I'll make you f- feel like a woman, a real woman. And believe me, after you experience me, you won't even know who your ex-boyfriend is. So... Open up your heart to me in your arms. God, shut the... Let's go full throttle. <laughs> I could see me falling in love with you. I want to... I just, I don't know, I just looked in your eyes and I just melt. Anyhow, <laughs> I'm heading off to work. This is my cute little home. Everything you see behind me, I built everything. 
Every square inch from crown molding to chair rail to floors to lighting to plumbing, doors, windows. So this is the type of guy you're getting. I'm a very handy guy, and uh, I'd love to build you whatever you want. You're a sweetheart. So I hope this video doesn't scare you, but that's how I feel. I just want you to know that. Okay? And I look forward to uh, going out to dinner with you. So let's make it happen. Mwah. Ciao, baby. Gross. <laughs> Is that real? It's very real. That's Where'd the, you find that? Uh, many podcasts. Uh, anyways, the story goes... Um, to Julia, she was getting like a tan at a gym that does tanning. And so he saw her name on the list uh, of people getting tans. And so when she was leaving, he ran out in the parking lot, Julia, Julia, Julia. And assuming it was dark outside, because that's what it sounds like in the story. Um, he's like, Julia, I saw you when, you know, you're the love of my life. I want to cherish you and whatever. He's like, can I get you a number to take you out to dinner? And Julia was trying to be smart. And she was like, let me take, get your number. So he would put his number in her phone so there would be no communication. Yeah. But he called his number from her phone. That way he had it. He's done this before. And then the next, and then like a few days later, 6 a.m., he gets this, she gets this violated message. Oh, I mean, at that point, first of all, if I had somebody running at me, I'd be getting in my car as fast as I can, drive away. I'm a little, I'm a little confused why she chose to engage with him. I think she thought she might have knew him. Okay. But uh, well, I mean, like he knew her name, so it's kind of one of those things, like Julia, Julia. My thing is, I'd be scared to death if I got that message. That's that's creepy. I know, but I love it, like, everything about it. I love it, too. It's hilarious. I want to cherish you. But I was like, he sounds, first of all, he sounds like, kind of sounds like Christopher Walken. Two, that is not his house. Oh, no, it is. He's actually a construction worker. I don't believe it. That's not his house, and he talks way too much. That's, that's, but that's the kind of guy you're getting. I kind of talked to a guy like that this year. And I was just like, just too muchery, too muchery. And it's kind of like, you don't even know me. But I, I think there's people like that. I think there's guys and girls like that where they just, they, they want to be in love so much. They want to be in a relationship so much. They kind of like, they create this whole thing. And then it gets creepy like that. There is a weird thing with dating, though, I've kind of realized. It's like, you have to be slow at first, like, like pretend like you don't care that much, but even though you do, and then, like, once you're dating, like, sending messages, like, super frequently, that's a normal thing, and I think yeah, but we're that, in a mindset uh, where, like, doing it at first, you can't do that. Yeah, that preliminary process, but I think it's so hard with all the dating apps and stuff. Stuff is so, like, fast. Like, if, like to me, if you're if you're talking with somebody in real life, that should be a slow process, but on the dating apps... Like, once I'm, like, talking to somebody, I know right away, okay, if this is going to be a thing, like, if this is going to be anything, we'd have, we need to go get coffee. And then it's like, there's a limit. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't, don't talk to that person for more than an hour or two. It's like, been sitting in the back of my mind. 
I want to cherish you, hold you, and I want to build you anything you want, anything. Yeah, I mean, there's another part of me that's like, man, that guy's true. Like, maybe take advantage of that. He's going to build me whatever I want. A lot of people I've listened to theorize he has a dark side. Probably. Uh, I, I, I guarantee there's it. a dark I don't even side. Say it. Hope. It's scary. Like, that's, that's, that's scary. And mm-hmm. we can laugh about it, but it's almost like, ooh, I hope that guy hasn't, like, hurt anybody or anything like that. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's, uh. Hopefully not. Yeah. Let's see here. Hopefully not. Here's, here's, here's a video I want to show. I need to put my phone in if we're doing this. <laughs> but, uh, have you ever had an interaction like this? I just want to, I want to see here. Let's see. Hello, how are you today? Please do not talk to me until I have my milk and butter. Excuse me, sir. Um, you might be a bitch, but you get a pretty fat ass. What? <laughs> Has that ever happened? That's happened to me before, but. Wait, what did the second guy say? You may be a bitch, but you got a pretty fat ass. That felt very. I'm being so cerebral when I'm watching this. That felt very, um, you ever watch like Bill Wirtz? I think I might have seen a little bit. He did a lot of like animation type videos, but that almost reminded me of that. Like weird, like surrealist, absurdist humor. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Maybe a bitch, but you got a pretty fat ass. That's what I hope people say about me at my funeral. Like... Here lies Sam. He may have been a bitch, but he had a pretty fat ass. Wait, is that supposed to be a good thing? Is he saying, like, oh, he is a... Well, you may be a bitch, so that's obviously, like, the negative, like, hey, people think you're a, you're a bitch, but also, you got a pretty fat ass. Compliment. Like, P-H- so it's kind of like... P-H- P-H-A-T? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe like that. I'm more, of a, I'm more of a fan of thick with two Cs. I was going to say. Because you could say thick with CK and it kind of is the same pretty much. It would have been funnier if you said, but you're thick. You're pretty thick. There's one. I can't remember why. I think I have the TikTok saved somewhere, but I don't think it's in my regular folder. It's like, if there's nothing to snack, he ain't a snack. (laughs) And I think that is everything (laughs) I have to say. Oh, stupid. You know, they released... Actually, no. I want to I show you this. Um, tell me if this has ever happened to you. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Yeah, sex is cool, but have you guys ever took a fat poop and then you go to wipe and then there's nothing to wipe? And you're like, oh my God, it was a ghost poop. Oh, I don't know. I love that shit. That, that really... When that happens to me, it like makes my whole entire day. I don't know. Okay. That's the part that I'm talking about. This is the kind of content we're digesting. This can't be good for for <laughs> our brain. Isn't our generation like, having kids right now? <laughs> like, no, seriously. That that's the part. It's like taking every little thing that you experience and having to make a video about it, having to document it. It, it it's. It's sick. It's an addiction. Mm-hmm. Like, t- 
don't make a video about that. I'm sure that lady has like a million followers. I have to plug in my phone. Oh, okay. I don't want to die. But you know what I mean? Like that's, that's kind of where I draw the line. It's like, really? Right? Yeah. Okay. I want to, I want to play this game then, uh, a little game of smash or pass. Do you know the rules of that game? No. All right. So smash or pass is kind of simple. Like, would you go out with this person? The simple way was, would you go out with this person or would you pass on them? Like not go out with them. Here we go. So, So I don't know this guy's name, but I just want you to see here. <laughs> My head is finally clear. Thanks to you two, I managed to get the other voice out of my head. You oh. thought defeating him, defeating me would release Ryuki 3? <laughs> the Shocker Empire had a failsafe for that. Instead of me going, it was him that went. And now, you won't ever get Drive 3's memories back. Because he was the only one who knew how to restore them. You poor, poor, insolent fools. You'll never, ever get rid of me. For I am a god. What a geek. That guy's pretty cool, I think. Pass. No. Uh, you you have to be a solid pass. The fedora. I, I didn't need to hear him speak. The f- <laughs> he just he just stood up with a fedora. Seven called. <sighs> I mean, I've worn a fedora before. I'm not proud okay, of did it. You, did you wear one last week? No. <laughs> okay. That's my point. I, I let that one die. Uh pretty fast i don't think i have yeah, any other died smash- many years ago i don't know if i have any other smasher passes so i think that might be the only one so that's a solid that's only one that's oh, wait, no. don't, I, don't I found another so- i found another okay see so you now how like it's a really attractive when guys play devil's advocate i really hope this is okay let's see Yeah, uh, just playing devil's advocate, uh, technically breast milk isn't unhealthy for adults. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he has a point. Man, that's a smash. (laughs) Smash, okay. I'd I'd say that too, yeah. All right, here's, I think. That's funny. Like, that's funny. I did find a third. So okay, here we go. Tell me about this guy. You purchased Cars Two. Yes. Fifteen dollars. Why the hell did you buy? Oh, that's it. Yeah, he he bought Cars Two. That's cute. That's that's kind of cute. You smash like that. that. But it's like fifteen dollars he spent. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, yeah, I would. It's earnest. It's okay. earnest. It's honest. $15 for Cars 2. He's supporting it. Okay. Even you though it's the worst Pixar Disney movie? Plus, but even though it's the worst Pixar movie? Yeah, no kidding. 
Okay. Cars is great, though. I love the first one. So in my list of things, this looks like my last guy. So okay, tell, me, tell me if we're going to smash or pass. Okay. Okay, this is a formal request. Do not ask me one more time if I'm straight, gay, or whatever. I identify as a fucking threat. That wasn't so, funny. I mean, he identifies as a threat. No, that wasn't funny. That was so a pass. You would, that's a pass. Okay. That wasn't so funny. We got like two pass, two smashed, one two pass. I think it's pretty. The breast milk thing was very funny. I'm going <laughs> by. Is this making me laugh or not? True, because it's like if you're going to be around someone for the rest of your life, like if they're funny, it's it kind of works out. Sense of humor, man. Sense of humor is very important. That's I, the problem I, with online dating. You can't have a sense of humor. You can't. I'm getting sick of it. I feel like I never know what to say starting off. I'm like, hey, how are you? Like, and then you're trying to find something on their profile interesting enough to ask about. Do you follow um, Trey Kennedy? No, but I think I know who that is. He's he I think he started out on Vine, but like now okay. he does a lot of stuff on Instagram. And like probably YouTube, Twitter, whatever. Um but he had a whole thing about online dating and it was just talking about the stereotypes with each, like with each, uh, platform. And they were so accurate. Oh, definitely. Like all the guys on Bumble, for some reason, they're like five foot two, like just weird. Not literally five foot two, but like, I don't know. And just weird. Or like you're starting to have a conversation with somebody and then crickets. Mm -hmm. Like just, just, I don't know. It's okay. a journey. I have found one more Smasher Pass. Yay! In my contraption. Um, this guy's a big fan of Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So, hopefully you okay. like that. Points. Points. Here we go. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Dead's at Everest. Spider-Can. So, what would you put him in? Wait, what was what was he wear? Was he wearing? I don't know what he was wearing. He might not have been wearing anything. To, like to be honest, I I loved how bizarre that was. So that's a smash. I think so. Okay, so let's well, just get in the feel on these it's really so cool bizarre. guys. These really cool guys I find on the internet. So. <laughs> They're not cool. They are to me. Too much time on their hands. None of them have jobs. Well, no one has a job right now. It's. That's <laughs> true. But anyways, but uh, I don't want to keep you all night, so I might let you go. Okay, so Ravener's releasing new music, and your solo stuff's releasing new music. Yes, I have another. I've been releasing these like these acoustic single singles. Um, I'm putting out another one September 18th. I don't have an exact date for the next Ravener single, but it'll be before the year ends. Okay, cool. Where can we follow everything at? Um, everything for Ravener, like on social media. Yeah. Everything should be under Ravener band. I had to make a new Twitter account because something happened with their old account. It got suspended. Cannot figure out why I have been trying for months to get it fixed. That sucks. Um, so I just start over. That is under RVNR band. And all my other stuff for my solo stuff is under Camber Music. Awesome. 
So Everywhere, Spotify, SoundCloud, Bandcamp, YouTube, literally everything. It's there. Awesome. Well, I champion you as Nashville's best rock band and so does Alternative Press. So basically the same Appreciate people are you. saying the same thing. Um, but anyways, uh, but yeah, thank you so much for coming on and uh, glad Thanks, we got Sam. this scheduled in. This was so much fun. Thank you. No problem. Bye. <laughs> Hashtag pray for Micah.